0: Episode 207, feeling a little different than episode 206. The other stuff segment. <laughs> this year's finalists for the National Toy Hall of Fame. Would
1: you like to hear oh, those?
0: God. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun a week ago on episode 206 with the Mariners and that victory on Sunday. Oh, I mean, how, you did like 20 Braves. minutes on All that one of, game. On that one game. <laughs> yeah. And then the Monday nighter and Russell's return. Oh, so fun. What a blast. See, in New York or Boston or Chicago or Los Angeles, that lasts more than one episode of Mitch Unfiltered. It's not just a one episode and done. But in Seattle, Loserville,
1: oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah. we
0: only get a chance to do that one show.
1: Not so fast, say the sports guys, not Not so they? fast, my friend. But
0: before we begin, before we begin, you yeah, know, yeah. I have spent, this is actually true, I've spent the last several years consciously trying to... To reduce and eliminate things that give me stress in my life? Yeah, simplify a little bit. I like it. I think I've done a pretty good job. Okay. Because I feel like I've been unduly stressed out since the day I left Syracuse as a student. I I feel like for the last 35 (laughs) years, I've been stressed out. The last time you weren't stressed was at Syracuse. Okay. I think so. So in the last couple of years, I've been trying to identify, okay... Being late and having to rush somewhere gives me stress. Nope. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm leaving early. Yeah, always. I'm gonna be early now. I don't I don't I don't wanna be stressed out trying to catch a deadline. Yeah. You know, just a, a number of little things around my family and the house and my life and the way I approach things. I'm just trying to identify those things and cross them out. Okay. You know those those white credit card payment machines at countertop restaurants that they After you put the card in, they flip it around.
1: Oh, do I know? Yes.
0: Okay, those are giving me stress, (laughs) and I need to discuss this. Really? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Everybody's got them now. Yeah, they're everywhere. Can I have your card? They put the card in, and then they... Flip it around, yep. and they look at you when the screen comes up asking for gratuity. Do you want 15%? <laughs> right. Do you want 20%? <laughs> what are you going to do? you want other? Right. And, the, and you've got the, the – they're giving you the, the stare from hell, for God's sakes. Yeah. I feel every time somebody flips one of those things around and it's happening multiple times a week, yeah. I immediately, my blood pressure immediately rises. I don't know why. Yeah. Those things are stressing me and freaking me out. Yeah. And whatever happened to the day, I don't want to sound like a cheapskate because I don't feel like I am a cheapskate. Okay. What happened to the day where 20% tips were kind of reserved for the sit down full service restaurants where they come and take your order and they bring water and bread and they keep coming back and forth and they bring out your, and it's like an hour long experience that you're having with whatever happened to that being since when to now at countertop restaurants where you like order something and they hand you some, those used to have like little fish you should put a dollar in like George Costanza or $2 for a little tip there, you know, when did it start that you had to give 20, 25% to everybody now on those little white machines that flip around and give me stress?
1: It's been going on for a while, though, I think. Like, I just got Piper's phone fixed for the second, did. second time in six months. What you do, drop it? Oh, yeah, like the, the glass part oh, you get it yeah. replace, and yeah, then, then, yeah, yeah. but then there's an LED screen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It was like 174 bucks, and there was a line for tip. I mean, I don't know. Do really? I, from a repairman? Yeah, and by the way, they do an amazing job. On, I don't want to call them out, but
0: no. do I need to tip? I mean, $174 no. is not enough? No. A, a repairman so, gets a tip. There's a gratuity line for a repairman yeah, now? Yeah,
1: for a repair But listen, listen to this. And look at me.
0: Listen to me complaining <laughs> about a restaurant where they're at a counter. Well, See, the counter restaurants where you order something and they hand it to you, it's so now I feel like I'm jipping... The, the the waitress or waiter in a full service if, if i'm giving them 20 yeah and i'm giving the guy at the counter who just spends two minutes with me and hands me what i order <laughs> right then somebody else is getting then i'm really working over the, the then the then the full the full service attendant at a restaurant yeah. full service they deserve 40 percent, 50 percent. they're with you for 45 minutes for an hour.
1: They're, they're burning calories. Why not just go to the Froyo place where I do 20% every time Piper goes there? Of course. Yeah, just go do that. Or the, the Boba place I always Everybody do. Everybody wants.
0: And if you ever hit 15%, I feel like when you flip the white <laughs> thing around, they're going to yeah, see. It's going to flip they, back. Do they look? That's the other question I have. Yeah. When they flip the white thing around and then you hit the button, do they then, when they flip it back around, look?
1: Or do they not look? I think they look because I often okay. get the, well, thank you very much. They so, do look. See, they shouldn't look. I know, they shouldn't look. It's
0: just a very, It's like if I had to bring it up. It's just, <laughs> in a day and age where I'm trying to avoid stress, <laughs> yeah. the little white gizmo that flips around is yeah. really giving me, giving me a little heartache. But if you were, it's like if you were at dinner and the check came and you were to,
1: to sign it. It would be like the server standing over they your shoulder. They don't do that.
0: They don't do that. They don't do that. It's that's ghost. They don't do, do that. that. Yeah. And you know how I know? Because when I put the tip in and I don't put a lot in the tip and I run out real quick. To the board. <laughs> no,
1: I'm joking. Mr. Non-Cheapskate. By the way, when I was at the repair place, you'll love this. I was like, all right, I'll do 10 bucks, I guess. You know, I tip a guy I an extra 10 bucks. And I said, hey, by the way, I meant to ask you, can I just keep that plastic film on because she was going to the fair? Just yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a screen protector yeah. right now. He goes, oh, I'll just give you a screen protector. They're usually 15 bucks. I'll just throw it in. That was before he knew I tipped the 10 bucks. So, so now I have to stand around in the lobby and wait oh. for him. Had I not tipped anything <laughs> i gotta stand in this guy's lobby while he's looking at
0: there was at me. literally a day <laughs> oh, and age God. where your tip also was determined by how what kind of a job you think the person yeah, did that,
1: those days are over i don't am not saying they should
0: or shouldn't be i'm that just saying should, they're over you should you were allowed to evaluate and maybe you started at 15 or 20 percent yeah and if they were really good yeah then maybe you gave them 25 30 now now obviously lots of restaurants are putting a tip on before you start yes and and that and that's going back a bunch of years because i remember when my father was alive and he would get to a an uncommon restaurant where he'd look and say wait a second is the tips is the tip already on there and the person would say yeah we put 20 percent on automatically his words every single time his response was well you you gypped yourself yeah. Okay, twenty percent, as if to say, I would have given you. Yeah, would have given you more. I right. would have given you more, and of course, then the guy says, "Well, there's an extra. There's a line there for some extra, <laughs> right? Or cash works no, as well." No, 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 no. My dad would say, "No, no, no, principal, If you're going to add 100%. automatically twenty yeah. percent, that's what you're getting, you get, and you could have gotten more." I'm just saying.
1: I hate when it's added, but they don't tell you. That's such a bad form. I've done that before. I'm like, "Oh, oh I'll add twenty percent on t- the tip thing and, is giving me
0: sp- stress." Uh, well, I can I'm see why it it's is pretty t- stressful. It's, it's starting to get stress. Everybody now, and everybody, the thing that spins around, it's like.
1: What am I, an employee now? Oh, I don't know how to do this. Why do I have to just do it? Just, oh. just run my card. I know.
0: And if I hit the other button, what's going to be the reaction? Other. Oh, other, yeah. Other, not 15 or 20, other. I
1: mean, I think we've talked about for other. years the Safeway or grocery stores. Do you want to donate to, to the, you know. Yeah, the, I,
0: don't find, I don't find stress in that. But I go to the store like probably nah, too I much. Still, do, because it's not for that person who's standing right in front of you. But they're looking to
1: see if yeah, you donated yeah, or yeah. not, right? I mean, oh, still, it's for kids. How dare you?
0: Mitch Unfiltered is available on all major podcast platforms. This is uh, episode 207, ladies and gentlemen. We really need to be rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts. If you don't mind, if you listen to us on Apple, you can go and give us a five-star rating and, and share some remarks, your thoughts about the show. It also helps with booking guests. You can become a Mitch Unfiltered patron for up to $5 a month have access to all the bonus shows. By the way, we are at five shows per week now. Wow. We have settled into a rhythm. You've got the long-form show that we're doing right now that's available to everybody on Mondays, and then four more shows that are available to patrons at $5 a month on Thursdays and Fridays. We do the Peace Show with Danny on Thursday. We do around the NFL with Mueller, which is great. GM Randy Mueller on Thursdays. We do, on Fridays, Seahawks No Table. We do a shoot-in-the-shit show with Slickhawk. So we do... And those are four short-form, those are like 20 to 30-minute shows. This one's like two hours, two and a half hours. Those are like 20 to 30-minute, four more short-form shows. All you got to do if you want to become a Mitch Unfiltered patron is to go to MitchUnfiltered.com and click... Become a patron.
1: Right. So, now, if you and I did one of the short shows, we would have already done 40 minutes on stressful tip machines. I mean, we would have already been done. When we, that we,
0: thing flips around, <laughs> I know. If you had if you had a blood pressure oh God, thing on my arm, as soon as they and they and you know how they do it? They do it flippantly, they, it's they like that's a pretty well-designed
1: mechanism that it's, like spins quickly. I think it's and, shit. Yeah. Okay. It works really well though. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, and by the way, if you wanted to sample what we do on the patron shows. You can go to Patreon, dot com slash Kid. We unlocked two of the shows last week just to give oh, people cool. who are, are not paying customers yeah. a chance to hear, okay, what are the short-form shows? What does the Danny O'Neill P. show sound like? What does the Randy Mueller show sound like? They are not behind a payroll. Last week's shows are not behind a payroll. Nice. And I always say if you uh, would like to be a patron with access and the $5 a month is a problem – Just email me and I'll take care of you. Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. I don't want the $5 a month to be the reason why you can't hear uh, any of the bonus programming. All Mm -hmm. right. Now that I've given you what stresses me out, the little white machine. (laughs) Yeah. It's time for me to update the Beat the Boys, which I didn't do very well. Oh, this week you didn't do well? Well, I picked against my Dolphins. As did I. And it looked good for a
1: while. Wasn't it three touchdowns? It looked
0: terrible for a while, and then it looked great at the end. Yeah. Tua, 470 yards and six touchdowns. We won't go there. Yeah. Uh, It's Beat the Boys presented by Fireside Home Solutions, and I've got a small dilemma on my hands that I need you to help me with. Oh, boy. Since I started Mitch Unfiltered, I've encouraged, as you know – Listeners, to email me at mitch at MitchUnfilter.com if they have comments, particularly criticisms, of the show, so we can try to make the show better. And we feedback. read feedback. Feedback. We yeah. and we read a lot of those on the on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried not only just reading some of them. I've tried to get back to each and under, every one of them individually with a response, and I've I've received a handful in the last week of emails, and I'm stumped on what I should write back, because I want to write back to everybody who's got a criticism, but I don't know how to to word the response, and I think you, Diplomatic Scott yeah, Soden, that's, Hotshot that's Scott, my nickname, yes. might be able to help me. Let okay. me tell you what the, the handful of criticisms are this past
1: Can I be interview. diplomatic if it's about me, though? It's, it has nothing to do with you. Really? So. For once? It has nothing to do okay. with you. Okay? I'm not a left-leaning, Christian-hating tree-hugger yes you are oh i am okay so i'm still that okay fine
0: (laughs) all of our contests as you know are executed online by a website that we call runmypools.com yep it's the brainchild of former kjr intern bill sanders Mm -hmm. who's been an incredibly nice supporter of unfiltered and me the last several years in my little comeback it's not his gig he right. has another job. Yep. It's just a hobby because he loves sports pools. So he's developed a system to run them that probably costs him more money than that he brings in. At best, he breaks even. At if, best. If, yeah, at best. He provides this service to Unfiltered for nothing. Great. Zip. Yeah. And by his own admission, the website is far from perfect. Yeah. Um, he'd like it to be better than it is, but would take a lot more time, effort, and money. He doesn't have unlimited money to keep it afloat. Yeah. Okay. So he provides the service for free so that we can do Beat the Boys and the March Madness Pool and the Golf Majors Pool. It's been a real, real bonus for us to have this because we don't have an unlimited budget either. So it's not perfect. Yeah. Okay. It's not for all you people that send me (laughs) notes (laughs) hating run my pools, get another site, get somebody else, whatever. It's not. We understand, but it is what we've got right now, and it serves the purpose. And he does a great job, and it's fine. It's fine. And and just know that Bill Bill's not.
1: He's not a coder or a developer for his day job.
0: No, he's not. That's not not what he does. It's not what he does for. So
1: the fact that he can even do this is pretty impressive. It
0: works. It works fine. Yeah. It doesn't look beautiful. There are lots of ads. There's lots of features. It sometimes can get a little cumbersome. Yeah. So people send me emails and I send them off to Bill and he help. he's great at helping people through the problems. Yeah. It, if he had a billion dollars, it would look perfect and be perfect, yeah. but he doesn't. Okay. That's the setup to the problem. Okay. Scott, recently we've had a handful of complaints about not just the ads, how many ads there are. Yeah but the nature of the ads okay now Bill will tell you that he wishes that he had no ads that he could do it without having any ads and by the way everybody who plays any of these contests literally for one dollar you're offered to pay one dollar not one dollar a month one dollar and all the ads disappear right One dollar. One dollar. It costs you one dollar for all the ads to disappear. So I I don't have a lot of patience with people that say, why are there so many ads? Pay the one dollar, cheapskate. Not a lot of sympathy. Okay. And then when the guy shifts the white machine around, give 20%. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Bill should get a white machine. (laughs) But the complaints have been about the subject matter of the ads. Let's just say some people are getting ads that are somewhat Blue okay um adult gotcha dating apps okay different sexualities i mean some pretty adult oriented ads okay and some have complained complained about that okay and so as i would do with other complaints i have forwarded those emails to bill now i don't know how technology goes i don't know how ads work okay i just as i do with other complaints send them off to bill yeah Well, Bill called. He didn't just write back. He called. Oh, fit to be tied? (laughs) No, not at all. He's not that tight. Okay. And he explained to me, Mitch, you do understand how the ads work? And I said, no, I don't. It's Google ads, to be clear, right? They're Google Google? ads. Yeah, yeah. He said, the people that are complaining about the blue, naughty subject matter, the ads that people see are based on... Mm their search preferences and things that they do on that particular device. That I knew.
1: Yes. The their their cookies. Right? Whatever storage. Whatever on that machine. means. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the subject matter of the ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people
1: are getting mad at themselves. <laughs> or somebody in their home.
0: <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> now I need to respond to the people that are saying what the hell these ads! I'm getting ads for this that the other thing yeah when the fact is the reason (laughs) they're getting those ads is because of what they're searching for in their Google searches and what they're watching and looking at on their device
1: I mean come on now how's it everyone like raise your hand if you've ever searched for something and then the next day you're online on Facebook
0: I and, guess. And you see an ad for the thing but you've never experienced that i must have but i gotta tell you when bill told me this i yeah. was stu- max was over listening was listening into the conversation and laughing because of his the incompetence i had no <laughs> i had yeah. no idea yeah. that the world was equipped to do such a thing it's crazy talk it's, i it's, know by the way it's a fabulous <laughs> idea if i'm looking up refrigerators if I'm doing a Google search on refrigerators, yeah. and now the ads on my Run the Pools, Mitch Unfiltered, Meet yeah. oh. the Boys is on unfri- is k- kitchen supplies, that's brilliant. It is, yes. I know. That's great. How do I break the—obviously, the, I'm not the only one who doesn't know this, because the people that are complaining about the ads <laughs> yes. clearly don't know that they're getting ads based on their searches. Oh, that's amazing. What do I say, dear Tony? Let's pretend somebody's name is Tony. Okay. That's not— I, I regret to inform you. <laughs> yes. Do I just not respond at all, and that would go against everything that I've always done in the last four years. I've always responded to criticism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do I break it to them delicately that they're they're receiving these oh, ads that they're cla- c- complaining about because of what they're doing on the device? So How I do
1: I do that? I don't think you you say sorry, <laughs> you say you just say. Google ads are based on one's searches, right? You just can just look at the definition, copy and paste it. If you don't really understand how it works So just let them know it's, it's everyone gets different search. Like my ads won't be the same as your ads. When we log on, <laughs> they will be different and just let the person know that's what they're based on. You're off the hook that way. you you
0: you're not but what I'm doing is I'm accusing each one of them of being a pervert <laughs> well somebody in their house who has access to no no anyway ha- come on we'll stop saying if it's well if people do this on their phone and on their own it's nobody else in their ha- house it's them Okay, it's them. It's on their phone. It's on their... Nobody was... else is in their house like, okay, I'm going on dad's phone <laughs> well, no, no. and researching well, porn if there's like so a, that he a... gets porn ads. What he does is Mitch Unfiltered
1: beat the boys content. If there's a laptop available to like multiple... Like maybe a That's wife true. and a husband That's share true. a laptop. That's true. And she's looking at... She's, you know, she's looking at... She she types in, in, in
0: loveless marriage. Or plum, plumbers <laughs> yeah. on their ladders. Or, That's right. Or whatever. pool plum, boys. Plumbers don't get on ladders.
1: But. Yeah, well, actually, I had one that did on a ladder this weekend <laughs> in my house, if you <laughs> so it does happen yes. i don't know <laughs>
0: this is just this is it's a little uncomfortable for you it's an uncomfortable for sure. email yeah. to write but i've got people sitting at home thinking who the hell is mitch running a pool with all these right nasty ads everybody's getting and they or don't people, realize kids want to play or yeah. whatever yeah, it's no, yeah. not appropriate it's not appropriate to have this yeah so how, this filth so maybe i should just be direct dear so-and-so yeah I just want you to let you I just want to let you know that everybody's ads are different it's all based on their preferences and their searches over the last
1: I would let Bill write that up for you He he's doesn't a, want he's to he's write that He's Mr. Microsoft
0: guy you know he, poor Bill's on the <laughs> other side line going people think that run my pools is right. running You know, pornographic ads? That's right, yeah. we are not doing that. Yeah. In fact, pay your dollar and then you won't get any ads.
1: I'm going to go to run my pools right now. I'm just kind of curious what Google (laughs) ad is going to come up. (laughs) Anyway. It first hit me, I swear to you. It hit me about the whole. I didn't know that
0: this is the way the world works. I had no idea.
1: I was looking for a very specific shoe in a size 13 called Shaq Attack 4s. You were. Shaquille O'Neal came out with these shoes in 92. I love them. I want them to re-release them in a size 13, okay? Yes. I've been looking for them for a couple days later. Hey, an ad for Shack Attack. That's no amazing. one's looking for those shoes on earth but me. So when I saw that up there, I was like, that's when it hit me. Like, Something's oh.
0: going on here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's Either that or somebody's watching. Or someone's watching. Bu- well, they actually kind of are watching.
1: Yeah, for, we all took those Alexas and just put them in our houses with microphones now, on them. I you know.
0: was this close to reading some of the emails, the, the perturbed emails from the listeners that you would have just... And you're not going to now? No, I can't. Why can't but, you? Oh, Oh, they are beauties. You can keep names out? No, I can't do that. Like, I want to know. I mean, they are, gra- they are graphic. The, 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 the emails to me are angry, and they graphically describe these, these ads that they're getting on their run my pools, thinking that everybody's getting them, but Right. everybody's not getting them. And you haven't written me. back
1: to any? They're, they're, just, they're still just sitting out there?
0: Yeah. And they're wow. probably listening right now. So I, I, we probably addressed it. Because they're waiting. I'm about to give you the code word for week three you hope in the we games. It. So I guess we addressed it. So now I really don't have to write. Now it. Now you're off the hook. Fine. God. Oh. Password. Password for week three. Uh, beat the boys if you want to fill out your uh, pick your games. Three games next week. Everybody who beats the boys get a prize. You got to have a password each week to be able to make your picks. And the password for week three will be Penix. Ooh. Penix, all lowercase. Penix, P E N I X, all lowercase. Week three's games in the NFL that you'll need to pick next week: the Raiders at the Titans, the 49ers at the Broncos, the Packers at the Buccaneers.
1: Quick Penix story. I know we're going to get to the Huskies later, but I'm at the game. The game hasn't started yet. Yes. There's five guys with their shirts off, like college students. True. One has P, one has E, one has N, one has I, and one has X. Yes, thank right? God. And they're right. <laughs> yes, they're on camera, and people yeah. are going crazy. As soon as they get on camera, the kid with
0: the X turns around, flips and it, it around.
1: He's got the S, <laughs> and the place erupted. <laughs> I hope I never, ever stop thinking that kind of stuff. He had the S on his back? Yeah, hit on his back. He flipped around. I looked up and I just see penis. And they couldn't have cut away from that fast enough at Husky Stadium. (laughs) You know, we were telling the students to get their asses into that stadium and fill it up. Well, careful what you wish for, everybody, because they are back. And I thought it was the funniest oh thing I had God. ever seen. I got my 13 year old daughter next to me. You know, I was like, oh, God. But I hope I never stop thinking that stuff's funny. It just killed me for saying, it couldn't resist, you know. By the way, is that the 4,000th time Penix has hurt? you know, been called that in his life? You know, it's just the whole thing killed me. So oh fun. God. The students are back, everybody.
2: <laughs> Penis.
0: Guests on this episode 207 Jason Churchill's back, the prospect insider. We're all kind of freaking out a little bit, just a little bit over the Mariners. No Julio. No Geno, both hurt. Mitch comes back. They lose three in a row to the Angels. All of a sudden, injured and losing, but only 17 games to go. We'll talk about that in segment one. Rick Neuheisel will be guest number two CBS College Football expert. He hit on another pick, and the dogs are flying high into the ratings. woo Into the top 25 ratings after the dismantling of number 11. Neuheisel will talk Husky football and all the other college football notes Seahawks note table Henderson fan and Mitch will pick up the pieces Niners and Seahawks was ugly yeah but episode 207 doesn't happen hotshot without our partners our sponsors like the Kirkland office of cross-country mortgage Jordan Flowers is going to explain why the Seattle home market has not cooled as much as other areas in the country also Home buying seminars are being offered through the Kirkland Office of Cross Country Mortgage. Seven minutes is all you need with my guy, Jordan Flowers. His personal phone number, 425-890-2957. 425-890-2957. Evergreen Golf Call. Tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning taxes and investments under one roof. That's evergreengk.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Zeke's Pizza, amazing how much Zeke's has grown in the last four years since we started the podcast. Two brand new locations actually opened its doors on the very same day. Seward Park and a biggie at Mount Lakes Terrace Station. Now news, Boise, Idaho's on board. And the first out-of-state Zeke's Pizza location is on the horizon. Homegrown in the Northwest. Daniels Broiler, a Northwest staple for the best steaks and seafood. You're gonna hear from CEO Lindsay Schwartz that Daniels is an underrated place to watch football as well during the fall and winter. In fact, I understand that Bellevue's historic bar area is going through a nice remodel. Daniels Broiler world-class steakhouses. NFL season is back, beat the boys is back. Every single person that beats us wins a prize. By the way, up to $300 off of gas fireplace inserts right now at Fireside. Can't be a better time to plan for fall and winter than now. Firesidehomesolutions.com. This is episode 207, and it begins right now. Unfiltered. Look, he was a very, very good player. I don't think he was an NFL Hall of Famer. I don't even think he's a borderline NFL Hall of Famer. I would not even consider him for the Hall of Fame. Now, you're right, and he played two or three or four more years and put up some more big numbers, maybe, maybe. I have no problem with him being in the honor. Uh, I just won't look at that part of the uh, the Ring of Honor. Unfiltered. We're sitting there talking about the Jays and the Rays, and and the only reason we're doing that is because we're just scarred Mariners fans for the last 20 years. (laughs) If we were in any other city that had just a skosh of winning experience, they would be saying, screw the Rays and the Jays. We're playing nobody the rest of the way. We've got 20 games, and we're just going to take care of business on our own. Mitch
3: is unfiltered.
0: Episode 207. I don't even know that I really want to talk that much. In general? Oh, okay. (laughs) Fine. See you later. About the Seahawks lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Is there a lot to say? There really, you know, I was looking. What do you want to say? What do you want me to say? My notes for the Bronco
1: game, I had so many little, just one cool thing after another that I wanted to bring up. But what do I have here? It's bad. Kenneth Walker looked pretty good. Did he? Yes. I think there's something there with that guy. Okay, I liked what I saw. Okay, the, but when you think of the game, you, I, I think of mistakes, costly penalties, and you couldn't beat the Niners with their god awful backup. That's that game in a nutshell. I'm tonight.
0: not sure that their backup isn't better than their starter, though. That's the problem. Yeah, maybe, but he didn't. I mean, he didn't look great. No, it was a rainy day, it just, and ugh. I felt terrible for Trey Lance to be carted off yeah, and have your good. season end. The first season of you starting in the National Football League ends in the the home opener Yep. when you you break your ankle or whatever he did. Sounds like a compound fracture of some sort, but I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say about the Seahawks. Bad offensively. They were pretty good defensively in the second half. Not very good defensively in the first half. They got a special teams. They got a blocked kick for a touchdown. That's the only way they get on the board. Yeah. They're calling plays like it's 1947. They're... They're 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 just trying to play scared of their own shadow on offense. I, yeah. I mean I don't have much to say. I thought Donovan
1: snuck in and was calling plays. Know, for a while there, it's like what the hell am I looking at here? Donovan. But they they had these. Don Donovan gets thrown under the bus. <laughs> they had these these insanely gross timely mistakes. You know they have four running backs in the in the backfield. They're going to go in and score. What are they like on the ten? And one of that, the running backs throws an interception? Yes. How is that possible? Well they
0: ran, didn't they run on the play before a Wildcat where it kinda worked a little bit? Where they had the same four yeah. running backs and it kind of worked on a running play. They were setting them up for yeah, that.
1: Set, yeah. great setup. Great setup. A great great throw. I mean the throw
0: was beautiful.
1: Holy cow. You know, man. DJ
0: Dallas does a lot for this team. I'm not sure he's the quarterback answer of the future. No, I don't think he is. Yeah, that was that was a killer because it was thirteen nothing. Yeah. And you're kinda going in for seven right. or Try to make it a game and now
1: yeah. hey, DK makes the, one of the bad. greatest you forget about the catch DK made. That was one of the greatest catches he's ever made in his life, I think. Where he reached over the guy with one hand, just it looked like your older brother just muscling you out yeah. of the way out in the backyard. Penalty, penalty coming back, like just
0: mistake after mistake. Well, a lot of penalties. The penalties p- are
1: crazy. Can't take.
0: the How penalties. many first downs did they give them on penalties? How many?
1: Uh, they go three and out, and next thing you know, give the them penalty. a penalty. Yeah. Here we go. Keep the drive going.
0: And I, I, I really loved. I, I think what epitomizes <sighs> my problems with their play calling is that and you probably don't remember the series late in the game. I think it's fourth quarter. They're down twenty to seven. They get the ball back. Yeah. There's like I don't know twelve. 11 minutes. Yeah, plenty of time. 20 to 7. Yeah, sure. And they get the ball back, and they run it for like three yards, (laughs) second at seven. Then they run it for like one yard, third and six, and then – it's like a design quarterback run. Yeah, I
1: know. I, I know what you're talking you know about. The, you know the series. Yeah, I think talking. you got like four. I he mean, got four. You
0: got close to the first. Yeah. One. So they go off the field down twenty to seven. <laughs> run, run, run. Punt. Yeah.
1: By the way, when you're running with a guy who's not a running back, I mean, your quarterback. Gino's not I didn't a slow even quarterback. Think about throwing the ball. But, I know. I know. Insane. Yeah. But meanwhile, we were complaining the week before. It felt like Pete had something to prove. At least I thought well, that, that you thought that. Yeah. I thought he yeah. was like, oh, I'm going to show you how good Gino is. This yeah. guy's going to throw it all over the field. What happened to that? We didn't get any of that next next week. They're just
0: run, 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 boring, boring, boring. Ugh! It's going to be a tough season to watch in that regard. I think not just wins and losses. You know, it's one thing to 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 lose a lot of games and play kind of an exciting brand of football. Yeah. Maybe you score. There's just something about your team that's pretty good and pretty you, fun you, to watch. Or you
1: got some young guys that are making mistakes, but you yeah. know they're going to be good. And maybe
0: that that maybe that'll still be the case. Maybe they okay. do have young guys that we'll get excited about, but boy, I, yeah, I guess that the, the defense played okay in the second half, but really there's just not a lot to get excited for. No. And you just wonder, you know, every time they show a cutaway of Pete Carroll, <laughs> I, I wonder, I mean, is this the beginning of the end? I mean, is this the, has the fuse been lit on the Pete Carroll Era, they don't seem particularly close. You know, we wanted to believe that they're a quarterback away from being competitive again, and yeah. maybe every NFL team is a quarterback away from being competitive, just because of the nature of the position. But I don't know; it doesn't seem like they're close outside of the quarterback position. They, no. They're giving up, like to start the game. But sorry, that,
1: t- that's probably why they didn't go out and get one, though. You're probably right; they're not a quarter, and they they know it too. Well, they.
0: That's not the reason they didn't go get one. They're going to get one when they think they can get one, whether the rest of the team's good or not. But, you know, like at the beginning of the game... San Francisco comes out and they hand the ball off. And every running plays like seven, eight, yeah. 10, 12. I mean, later on in the game, we we you know, the Seahawks kind of stiffened up a little bit and maybe the stats will look respectable in the box score. But at the you know, in the first half, every time the 49ers – and this this happened with the Broncos last last week. Yeah. The beginning of the game. Every time they handed the ball off, it was second two. Yep. Second and one. Not even first getting a hand on them no, until like no. six yards. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. No.
1: Le- anyway. Leaky de- uh, leaky defense, they call that, I think. So
0: why don't you talk about your experience with the dogs?
1: Oh, I, we, we saw an old friend who told me to say hello. He said, how's, how, how's Mitchie doing? Tell him I say hello. You don't follow me on Twitter, or at least you don't check in once in a while. Your old buddy... The gas man. Really? I saw the gas man walking in by himself. Looked like he was in a hurry. He hosted the, the dog boat. I think, you know, he's oh, still doing yeah. that.
0: The, the the gas man is still hosting the dog
1: boat. He is, huh? yeah. So he was walking in by himself. Couldn't didn't couldn't be bothered to hang with any of the listeners, of course. You know, he just, yeah. He, so I, I just give him a big hug and grabbed him and like tried to wrestle. You know, he's looking all scared. Like, who the hell is on me? So I talked to him for a while, which was, I hadn't seen him in I don't know how long. So now there's a guy nice who could tell him. you
0: everything you want to know about Michael Penix's first <laughs> stop. That's at right. At Indiana. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Gas Man and and all about Kalen DeBoer and all that. Sure. And all that stuff. But how about the game? How about the game itself? How about the way they came out? Unreal. It looked so easy. Was it loud? Was it crazy? Was it full? Was it old dog pound or was it not intense? I thought it was going to be kind of crazy there. No, not yet. It was crazy for how many they had.
1: I didn't. Did you see an official no, attendance? I didn't, no, I didn't either. No, there were definitely some some dead spots down below, like for the student section. Okay. I mean, is Max back to school yet or no? They're not back to school, but
0: he was there, and he says they rushed the field. He was, but they, he had his did, first yeah. experience of rushing.
1: Oh, the he field. did. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. I saw. It. They they should have. His number eleven. And, you know that. I don't know. Yeah, we can discuss that later. Yeah, but
0: yeah, pretend like you've been there before. But,
1: but as someone who's been a Seahawk season ticket holder since ninety eight, yeah. like, you know, I've been to some empty Niner Seahawk games where your dead. ears are bleeding. It was dead. Definitely not dead. The fans that were there were really into it. It just didn't seem like that overwhelming seventy two thousand people, you know. A lot of Michigan State, too. A lot of Michigan State. And they were on fire. They were f- Cheering and getting crazy before the game, and we were on a boat, and they were on boats too, and they were chanting and cheering out there. And oh, I soaked in all their tears on the way out.
0: Maybe Huskies fans haven't bought in just yet, or hadn't bought in. Sure, that's understandable too. I mean, they've been p- crap for the last couple of yeah. years. Now they're still. The whole homic- Jimmy Lake era was oh. shitty. Oh, they come out and they beat two kind of patsies by a lot. Right. nobody really. Now they've welcomed in number eleven from the mighty Big Ten. Yep. and pummeled them. And, and Michael Penix Jr., you know, it throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. The guy was on absolute fire. It looked easy. It really looked easy. easy for him. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe wide it. Wide receivers running wide. Now, Michigan State is kind of known as having a very poor pass defense the last couple of years. That's I, what I heard, yeah. yeah. They, they had so, that maybe they, in Maybe that too. was a reason. But, guys, wide receivers are running wide open. Wide it's, open. It was crazy.
1: Crazy. That Polk, yeah. Jalen Polk. Yeah. Wide open all the time. Oh, um, three touchdowns in one game? Yeah. Pretty amazing. Very good. And Very good I, I will say that the, Michigan State must have the greatest goal line defense in the country because there was twice that the Huskies had the ball near the goal line and they, they couldn't punch it in. The score would have been even more out of control, but it looked easy. The offense, again, it's one thing to do it against Kent State. You're not going to do that against a Big Ten score. Well, they sure did. They, they moved it at will oh, yeah. for, the, for most of the kill. game. It was a kill. I, the final score
0: doesn't tell the story. It was a kill. 39-20 so now, sort of feels like. So now like. they're in the top 25. It's out in already? Both, yep. Both polls. They're in the top twenty-five. Where are they? Um, I haven't seen I think Max said they were twenty-third or twenty-fourth in okay. one poll and maybe a little bit higher in the other poll. Just cracked. I in haven't it. seen it. I haven't seen it. I've been recording interviews, but uh but they're relevant again. Yeah. And that's what we said going into the game. You know, this is a game that if they win on ABC, yeah. you would think that some people watched it around the country. Yep. Kind of Washington's in the in the conversation. And then when you consider and you hate to do this, I did this with New Heisel that you'll hear in our New Heisel segment. But but when you consider the Huskies schedule this year, it happens to be just by luck, the best two well, right now it feels like that most think that the best two teams in the Pac 12 are USC and Utah. Okay. Now Oregon's always good yeah. and they beat BYU and maybe Oregon will start. Yeah. Become one of the best two teams. Washington State seems pretty good. Right. Oregon State seems pretty good. But the consensus is Lincoln Riley at USC is humming along with yeah. the quarterback that kind of came with them from Oklahoma, and you've got and you've got um, Utah Utah that yeah. plays great defense, even though they lost by a skosh to Florida on the road at the beginning of the season. Utah and USC just so happens Utah and USC neither on the Washington schedule. <laughs> there you go because they play in the south and this is just one of those years at Utah and Fluky USC thing, yeah. okay so the the cougars the apple cup which could be a lot bigger this oh, year man. than in normal years because yeah. it looks like both teams are good you don't know what's going to happen for the next 8 or 10 weeks right. but that game is in pullman but you're playing if you're washington you're playing the arizonas arizona state fire their oh, coach a mess. yeah you know, I've, just the teams that are not not that good.
1: Did Arizona pull it out? I forgot to look. They were on the ropes against somebody like North Dakota or something. I, I can, can't remember. I
0: can look real quick and tell you. But <laughs> so uh, yeah,
1: they get to play those teams. Luckily,
0: they play they play for the most part the bottom half. Yeah, of the Pac-12, which is a really good thing. I mean, they play Colorado. Yeah, which is terrible, and uh, but they do play Oregon State, and they do play Oregon on the road at Outson. And they do play Washington State on the road in the Apple Cup this year. Arizona beat North Dakota State 31 to 28. Okay, <laughs> this this just in. They, they they dismantled them, did they, by but three? What, the point that I'm raising it was Stanford coming yeah. in next, and the momentum now around the Washington program. Yeah, you kind of feel like okay, this has a chance to be kind of a special. I don't want to say special, kind of a nine and three ish. Really. You don't think it has a chance to be a nine and three ish, something know. like I, that, or nine and two ish, or eight and four ish, or something like that? Is that too too lofty? No, no, I th- I'm kind of going the other way. I mean, you think it's that's too low? You think they're going to win ten I, or eleven? I, or think they, games? I think they
1: could be in it for ten, ten. I mean, they dismantled Michigan State's defense, which again, maybe they're not. Maybe Michigan State will lose four in a row, and we'll find out they're not a great team. I don't know. Right. Right. They looked so good on offense. I, I, well, I'd be surprised if they're not in. Well, then Kalen DeBoer at is going to be. Game.
0: Well, then De DeBoer is going to be in the coach of the year conversation yeah. at the end of the year for him to be able to turn it around in one year. Unreal. And he's right? clearly, he's clearly a great offensive coach. Yeah. He he's a quarterback whisperer, and the way those offensive plays were running, the wide receivers were running free. Oh, this is obviously incredible. very good offensive scheme. A little better than Jimmy Lake's offensive scheme. It um, it looked like a different sport compared to what I
1: saw last year. It's beautiful.
0: It, it, it is beautiful. Like, it was a different sport. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And if Penix keeps going the way he's going, yeah. you're going to start hearing him in some Heisman conversations. Yeah, maybe. You might be right. Crazy. What a fun time. Now,
1: I hope the fans come out and support him. I'm not one of those people that, that like, yells at you for not go- you better show up to the Husky game. Yeah. Spend yeah. your money how you yeah. want. Spend yeah. your time how you want. Yeah. But this team is fun, and they look to at least be legit for now after beating Michigan. Go support them against Stanford. It's fun. It's a fun atmosphere.
0: The problem with what I just told you, that they don't have a great – they don't have a USC coming to town. They don't have a Utah coming to town. Yeah. They don't have an Oregon coming to town. They don't have Washington State coming to town. But you get to watch them kick the crap out of somebody, hopefully. Yeah. So. Yes. so you're <laughs> asking them to go fill the stadium to play lesser Pac-12 opponents, but that's fine. I mean – Based on what we've gotten in the last couple that's of right. years, that's right. Yep. Let's not, whatever, look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, whatever. Let's not that, take this team whatever whatever for granted
1: because they're a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> now,
0: before we go to the interviews, the Mariners, <sighs> I feel like I should give you kind of a Mr. Playoffs update. We've got 17 games to go in the 162 game marathon Major League Baseball season. As we record this on a Sunday, the Mariners have lost. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to the Angels. They've lost players. Julio's not playing yeah. with a bad back. Gino broke his finger. He's out for a while. Haniger still not himself, even though he played on Sunday. Before you freak out, because the Mariners <laughs> seem to be doing what the Mariners do. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. In a sport where they, people
1: don't really okay. get injured. It's not football. They Before got Before you freak out, okay, I am. let so me ahead. be
0: a voice of calm. I need it. Just as long as you don't flip the white machine around, okay? (laughs) Okay, fine. Let me be a voice of stress-free calm. They've got 17 games to go, okay? Mm -hmm. They're going to play one last game against the Angels in this weird series that wraps around the weekend and ends on a Monday. Okay. Then, five series, 16 games, 10 home games, six road games in the five series. You're going to play three at Oakland. Next, Oakland's 40 games under 500. You're going to play three at Kansas City. Kansas City's 30 games under 500. You're going to play home against Texas. The Rangers are 20 games under 500. You're going to play three at home against Oakland, 30 games under 500. And you're going to play four at home against Detroit to end the season, 35 games under 400. So your final five series mm-hmm. are 40 games under 500, 30 games under 500, 20 games under 500, 30 games under 500, 35 games under 500. And in terms of just making the playoffs, we're not talking about numbers 1, 2 and 3 seeds now, just making the playoffs, you have a four game with 17 games to go, you have a four game lead over Baltimore in the loss column, Mm -hmm. plus you own the tiebreaker with them, so it's kind of like they can't tie you, which means you have a five-game lead. Five-game lead with 17 games to go, and Baltimore, Baltimore's got to play all kinds of tough teams coming in. They got to play the Blue Jays, and they got to play the Jays. They got lots of tough games. And I'll go one step further with you. Tampa Bay and Toronto, who you're jostling with for, for wild cards one, two, and three, both have Lots of games against the Astros still left. Mm-hmm. Both play the Blue Jays. But you have not only the easiest schedule, you have 20 times over the easiest schedule with a five-game lead with 17 games to go. Now, you got to score some runs.
1: That helps, yes, in baseball.
0: You I've need heard. to score a yep. couple. Can't, can't live on winning one nothing all the time. But I think they're going to be okay. I still think they're going to be okay when it comes to playoffs.
1: I like what you're doing here. I do. But, but four days ago, you could have said, they have six series with teams with records that are under. Because yes. the Angels are one of those teams. Yes, they are. And they went 0-3. Yeah,
0: but let me tell you what I couldn't say okay. three, three days ago. Sorry? Let me tell you what I couldn't say <laughs> no, no, I thought that three was the word ago. you
1: couldn't say. Sorry. You can't say sorry. Let me tell you
0: what I couldn't say. <laughs> okay, fine, go ahead. Is that there's 17 games to go, and they've got a five-game lead essentially over the team that's chasing them. True. Because every time one of these games goes off the board, there's less games to go. Ron Fairley. Yes, that's okay. right. Okay, that's a base hit right there. Seventeen games. Yeah, seventeen games against shit opponents. If you go, let's let's just say you go seven and ten, which we would hate. Right. We would hate seven yeah. and ten with Kirby as the pitcher of the month in in the American League and. And Castillo, who can't be hit, and Robbie Ray, who's good and bad, seven and ten. You would hate seven and ten, right? But if you went seven and ten, you're forcing the Orioles with that schedule to go twelve and five with that schedule. Yeah, so you're in fine shape to make the playoffs. And if you could somehow get some of these guys back, that'd be nice, or win without them, you can still win the number one wild card and have three home games. I was going to say Safeco at uh, T-Mobile. Because the Blue Jays, you know who's gonna end up being your best friend? The Houston Astros are gonna be end up being your best friend. (laughs) The Tampa Bay Rays have six games with the Astros, two series left with the Astros. Toronto has four games with Tampa, Philadelphia, Boston. They play Baltimore. I mean, it's Okay. You can still accomplish a hell of a lot, even as we sit here with seventeen games. So stop crying in your soup,
1: is what you're telling everybody. by the way, September twenty seventh, I have to say, Hotshot yes. will be there at the game because his uh, daughter's team's throwing out the first pitch for that game. If anyone's oh. going, isn't that fun, exciting? But wow! There's, but the amount I thought you
0: had to win a game in the in the World <laughs> Series.
1: <laughs> you would love to know the amount of drama <laughs> going on around this team oh, yes, right now. Yes, I would. I would. It's unbelievable. I would. I would. This little league team won't end. I just can't get it. Won't end. What's the drama? It's been going on f- since... What's the drama? Since San Bernardino, there's been drama.
0: It doesn't have to do with Google Ads, I hope. No, it does not. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> What's the drama? There's Let just, us in. Well, no, the, the, Let us behind. It's you, really you, not appropriate no, no, no. to you, discuss
1: it. I shouldn't you, have brought it up. You but, brought it up. You know. There's just been inter- There's been drama with one set of way. parents that appear to be antagonizing others or appear to be... Uh, uh, getting other parents riled up, and then on top of it, who throws out the first pitch? There's 13 of them.
0: They all throw out the first pitch. Let them all throw the ball. What's well, the difference?
1: There's not 13 catchers, so one you have to pick one.
0: One person, right? Okay. From who the picks, who picks that person? The coach. And, and why is it you, you're not you you kind of schluffed over the the set of parents that's getting people riled up? You didn't say it, that doesn't mean anything. What does that mean? They're getting people riled up since they came back from the World Series. What is well,
1: that? Well, not necessarily since they've since they've come back, but
0: the wild up over what? The season's over. Wild up over
1: what? Yeah, but I'm saying that there was there was some drama that happened before San Bernardino that I think everyone just sort of lived with, but now that the season's over, people are starting to spout off about stuff that was bugging them back then, and there's emails and there's texts and and now this the, the cherry on the on the Sunday is this first pitch. I see. Who's going to throw it out? H- how do you decide? Yeah. It's, this Little League season will not end. My wife said, if you don't stop bitching about the World Series, I am leaving you. She's divorcing me. I'm trying to get over it. I'm trying to move on from the world. I can't. No one will let me. The, every day there's a new email. Five paragraphs. You
0: have 13 girls set up, and they toss the ball to each other down the line, and then one person. And then the pitcher, and then the pitcher, your best pitcher. Yeah. Does the pitch at the end. At the end. Uh, uh, that's the way I would do it. They all contribute by tossing like a relay. Yeah. Like a hot potato. One throws to the next, one tosses to the next, that's something. one toss into the next, one toss into the next. Yeah. And then your best pitcher does an actual underhand pitch to whoever the catcher is that's catching the ball. That would be something. Ichiro's yeah. gonna come out.
1: Maybe you should coach the team and bring coach ideas. The team? No, no, I don't want that. <laughs> so this anyway, the 27th, there will be Issaquah will be on the field. I don't know if they'll all be there. So you don't have to win Some a game
0: in the in the Little League World Series to be able to be honored at a major league ballpark. Well, I think uh, just I getting... thought that you only get to throw out a first pitch at a Tacoma Rainiers game if you don't win a game in uh, in North Carolina.
3: And you have
1: experience from this, from when you played, or when <laughs> your son played, about going to the World Series. How, you
0: have a lot of experience with World I Series. I kid because I care. <laughs> I kid because I care. Anyway, the later.
1: 27th come say hello if you see September me. September 27th. Yes, Essaqua will be on the field. There you go. I hope and some of them may not be, but some well, will. Well,
0: isn't be, there a boys team to be recognized too? Yeah, it's not clear. Did the boys team get all the way to the Little League World Series? They did back into
1: the Little League World Series. Yes, you're correct. Huh? You, you didn't read that story? No. I was watching it live when it I was in San Inver- I was in Nor- Greenville, North Carolina at a bar, you know, feeling sorry for myself after a loss watching this team. There was this horrendous call. They reviewed the call. It went for Bonnie Lake. And it wasn't the right call. It just didn't appear. And, but that, w- that was the game that sent them to the World Series. Ah, so what? There was articles they written got, like, okay, they do go. the right thing. You got to step yeah. in here. Like people were out. You didn't see about Oh, God.
0: Bad calls happen all the time. Yeah, they do happen. Really? We're going to call them back and in? I, I, I don't you, know. You call, What do you mean you don't know? You're the one who just used back and in. Yeah, but the whole world's saying it wasn't the right call. I have, I'm just I following have family the world. in Bonnie Lake. I'm insulted. <laughs> I'm sure you I do. I got two, I got a cousin, a mm-hmm. second cousin, three
1: times removed. That's right. Way. With a big 4 by 4 truck that he drives around down there. I'm sure you do, yes. Look at
0: you, taking shots. <laughs>
1: That's what I do. You don't know, you have to read the emails.
0: Three interviews, and then the other stuff segment. By the way, we've got an update at the beginning of the other stuff segment. Joe, the coach. Coach Joe from Bremerton.
1: People, the praying coach. People were hitting me, hitting me with this story, like left Preying and right. Coach, yeah.
0: Our Our guest a few episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a PS to the story or there's a new chapter that has been written to the coach Joe story in Bremerton the praying coach yeah. who went all the way to the Supreme Court to be reinstated. And won reinstatement. Yeah. There's a uh there's an update to that story on our guest coach Joe. I'll let in the other stuff. Segment. I'll let
1: you be the anti-Christian guy in on that one. Other stuff segment coming up next on Mitch unfiltered.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Zeke's Pizza President Dan Black with an update on all the exciting stuff happening in their world. It's football season. Dan, welcome back to the show. Yeah, we're always
3: excited for football season. Can't wait for the Hawks. Can't wait for the Dogs. Uh, We're ready to go.
0: Summer has gotten away from us, but some exciting additions to the Zeke's Pizza family, we've got Mount Lake Terrace, we've got Seward Park, both open on the same day.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. You know, when you open restaurants, it's kind of fluid as to the exact opening dates right up until the end, and it turns out that Terrace Station up in Mount Lake Terrace and Seward Park both opened on August 24th. They're both doing great. I've mentioned before that they're both full-blown pizza pubs. It's the full Zeke's experience. I love hanging out at both places. Seward Park has actually become my... On the way home, beer spot. Even though it's totally not on my way home, so uh, that speaks to how cool that one is. It's very neighborhoody, and so yeah, that's they're they're both really great.
0: It's amazing because now you're south to Tacoma, you're north yep. to Bellingham. We know about Spokane. And now some exciting news about going out of state.
3: Yeah, I think I mentioned we were working on a deal in Boise maybe, but we got it done a couple of weeks ago. And so that is really exciting. It'll be our first one out of Washington state. Boise is obviously a exciting up and coming city that's that's been booming for a while and a lot of cool energy down there. It's a really great match for Zeke's. They're very outdoorsy down there, which is always a great connection for us. So we'll be up in eight to 10 weeks. It'll be a great beer drinking spot. And we think people in Idaho are going to like Zeke's a lot.
0: It's unimaginable how large the footprint has become, Dan. Operationally, what are the challenges for you guys?
3: Yeah, not only have we been opening quite a few units just in general, but the the big story, as you mentioned recently, is the expansion of the footprint with bellingham spokane and boise coming in in relatively short order uh it does create some operational challenges the main one is is dough and the way we've solved that it's actually a great thing for the customer the the ones that are out of our commissary range Mm -hmm. they make their dough fresh on site every day and so it's actually even fresher than than what you get in seattle even though we do that every day in the morning here too but um so it's so far it's been great
0: what's the black family eating
3: these days you know, I think I've mentioned our new pepperoni from a company called Coro in town that used to be salumi, and their all their products are really great. But we switched over to their pepperoni a few months ago, and <laughs> we the Black family can't order anything different. So we've been eating Puget Pounders, John Candies, Dragons. It's the pepperoni is really good. That's what we're on right now. I think we're going to be on it for a while because it's uh, like I say, it's tough to get away from it. It's that good.
0: Very, very exciting. Mount Lake Terrace Station, Seward Park, Boise still yet to come. Amazing things happening at Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. It's time for a visit with a man who is to thank for all of our fun contests on Mitch Unfiltered, like beat the boys this NFL season, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. He's my guy, John Waterstrat. He's still my guy, even though he kicked my ass on the golf course the other day. How are you, John?
5: I'm doing great. Thanks, Mitch.
0: Good to have you back. Tell us what's new. What's new at Fireside?
5: Uh, just the same things. Inventory seems to be getting better. Uh, lead times are going down and we're really excited when we hear football. We hear fall and that cold, crisp weather and we'll get you warm and cozy this fall.
0: Well, if we need a new fireplace or we want to change ours out, I understand that you have a, a neat special that's going on at Fireside Home Solutions.
5: Yep, yep, I know it's been tough out there and prices have gone up, so we're giving up to $300 off of a gas insert so we can help out people and get you warm and cozy this fall.
0: Wow. So up to $300 off of a gas insert just by coming into the store?
5: Yeah, Heat & Glow's is offering up to $300. You can just go on there. We'll help you get the coupon. It'll be really easy. We'll take it right off the bill, and then uh, we'll get that thing installed quickly.
0: And where are we in terms of wait times these days, John, at Fireside?
5: Great question, and I know we always get those questions, and we've been bringing things in stock. We've gotten really good at that. So for stock items, we're out about two weeks, and for non-stock, up to about four weeks, but uh, way better than we were a few years ago.
0: So Fireside and FiresideHomeSolutions.com up to $300 off a brand new insert this fall and Fireside, a terrific partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Start your search with Fireside Home Solutions at FiresideHomeSolutions.com.
3: Unfiltered.
2: Levon Soto out towards right field. He's got his first hit. Does he have his first homer? He does! Two run shot. There's your insurance. And what a game. What a debut for Levon Soto.
0: Well, what a difference a week makes. On episode 206 last week, lots of chatter about what I called one of the most memorable Mariners regular season wins last Sunday in forever against the Braves. And now here we are on episode 207, a week later, Julio's hurt, Gino's hurt, Hanneker's just getting back. The Mariners swept in Anaheim, and the Cushion, well, I guess they weren't swept because there's another game to play, but the Cushion is now four, I believe, over the Orioles with 17 to play. The good news, Jason Churchill, prospect insider, remains the schedule. The Rays, the Jays, the Orioles, all with brutal schedule finishes the Mariners play nothing but 30 game under 500 teams right something like that
6: not a not a game left against what you would consider a good team I mean that's certainly good for the Mariners and you know what the biggest thing there Mitch is because I'm not real big on schedules is the starting pitcher you're going to face like there are no more Otanis no more Garrett Coles no matter who you're playing, no matter what. You might face a Martin Perez or a John Gray or something like that, but there's no shutdown ace to face the rest of the way. That's a pretty big deal.
0: We're not sure how long Gino's going to miss with that broken finger. I don't know if there's any approximations. He seems, he seems to mean a lot to the club beyond the home runs. There's kind of a spiritual layer to him. It feels like the team really kind of rallies around him in his first year here.
6: Yeah, that's something we can't quantify from the outside. Uh, you know, when you, you hear Scott Service and Jerry Depoto and some of the other players talk about Suarez, you get what he really means to the club. And we can't put a, a metric on that, you know, batting average home runs, wins above it. None of that tells us any of that, but that's clearly there. And hopefully he's able to hang around the team a little bit and provide some of that, even though he's not in the lineup. But they're going to miss his bat, too. He's one of the few guys in the lineup that can hit the ball out of the ballpark.
0: Do you feel like, or is it too early to say, in the last couple of days over the weekend that they missed his presence? Forget, obviously, offensively, they missed him. Can you can you sense intangibly that they missed him or not not yet?
6: Yeah, you know what this reminds me of? I, I commented this on, on Twitter the other day. These games in Anaheim just... It reminded me of may the, the team was just undermanned and the fact that suarez is one of them is just happenstance really you know mitch didn't play until sunday he's in a you know he's struggling anyway uh, Ty France isn't hitting the baseball like he's like we're used to seeing seeing him hit uh, obviously Julio out of the lineup. It, it's it's May. It's May, June when Haniger was out and guys were banged up and guys were suspended. That's what it feels like right now offensively, even though they're getting pretty good starting pitching overall. They're going to struggle when that lineup isn't fully intact.
0: Is the cushion big enough
6: over Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is. Uh and I think the biggest thing about the schedule here, Mitch, is there's not very many games left. Like no matter who they're playing, not that many games left for Baltimore to make up four, you know, games. And essentially, you know, it's five because Seattle owns a tiebreaker over the Orioles here.
0: So where does the offense come from? Uh, If Julio misses a couple of more games, we know Gino's going to be out. We know Mitch is coming back. Or do we just sit around as Mariner fans and hope that the pitching staff will be superhuman the starting pitching, and they will only need to score two or three w- runs to
6: win these games. You know, I think more the latter there. I, I think really? you're going to rely on Castillo and Gilbert and Kirby and those guys to to allow two runs or less and hope to scratch across a third run in a game and and finally come away with a victory where they score one on Sunday, one on Saturday. I mean, that's rough, but we could see this coming, right? Like that lineup looks awful, you know, as it's put together there without Julio and Mitch and and, and now Suarez as well, especially with Ty France not hitting. That's one thing that has to get fixed before the postseason comes. Even if we're going to assume that they're finally getting Ty France has to be Ty France or it doesn't matter who they play or where they play those games, Mitch. They need him. They're still a below average offensive lineup. They need the real Ty France to stand up here pretty soon. So
0: desperate times, desperate measures offensively. Dare I ask something about a guy you tweeted about a couple of days ago. Jared Kelnick at AAA this season: two ninety six, three sixty seven, five fifty nine line. Seventeen homers now in AAA. I think he had him for thirty one double, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do they, behind closed doors, do they consider giving him a, a shot where they're trying to get some, generate some offense with all these absences or not?
6: Yeah, I think the tough thing is if you were to call up Jared Kelnick, one, who is he replacing? And how do you get him into the lineup? How do you justify still, even though Jesse Winker's not hitting and he's been a problem in left field, how do you justify Jared Kelnick for Jesse Winker right now? Because despite the Winker struggles, he's been significantly better in the worst year of his yeah. entire life at the plate than Jared Kelnick's ever been for an extended period of time. So that's a tough one. That's something for, to be honest with you, Jerry and Justin Hollander, to go to their traditional scouts, the guys with the eyes, the gut feel on hitters and say, is this any kind of an upgrade? I could see the club saying, hey, Taylor Trammell's not giving us anything at the plate. Maybe Jared Kelly has a shot to do something. Maybe you make that swap temporarily. But if you want a guy who's going to give you you know, four decent at-bats a game. Kyle Lewis is the best option. Well, he can't ask. play every day, though, and he right. can't play the field, so that's that's the problem. But he's the best guy with the longest track record, the most promising yeah. track record at the plate at the big league level that's sitting down there in Tacoma right now that could probably help you a little bit. So maybe for a couple of games? Maybe. Mm. Let me go back to
0: a guy that you – and I was going to ask you about Kyle Lewis. What becomes of Jesse Winker? Maybe this isn't the time to have this conversation, but – I don't foresee that obviously that all of a sudden he's going to come alive in -hmm. the last few weeks of the season or in the playoffs. And then the offseason comes and you're analyzing where you are offensively and what you got to do in terms of free agent acquisition and trade. What do you think Jerry DePoto will be saying to himself about Jesse Winker? Will he be saying, Oh, I got to replace him. I got to move on. Or will he be saying, One bad year. Next year, I'm going to get the Jesse Winker. That I acquired from Cincinnati.
6: That might depend, Mitch, on what they do with Mitch Haniger. If you're bringing back Mitch Haniger, he has to be. You have to treat him like a player that's not on the team, and until you resign him, so you have to think of Mitch Haniger as an addition. If Mitch Haniger is your third best offensive addition in the offseason, you can probably make that work. Look at your roster as significant, significantly improved. But in order to do that, you probably have to get one of those free agent shortstops, and you probably have to do something different either at DH or in left field, which brings Jesse Winker into the conversation. I'm of the belief that you have to trade Jesse Winker, even if you're going to get nothing for him. I think he's just got to be removed from the situation. You cannot go into next year hoping he rebounds. Here comes that word again. I hate this word. We're hoping this player breaks through. We're hoping Jared Kelnick does this. We're hoping Taylor Trammell does this. Now you're kind of there to a very large extent with a veteran that you thought was a sure thing to hit this season. So You go into next year with Mitch Hanniger in right field, who's not always available. I don't think you can also bring back Jesse Winker. So I do think there's a chance those two positions, those two spots on the roster are tied together. Otherwise, if Mitch Hanninger is back, I don't think Jesse Winker should be. I tend to agree with you
0: about Winker, but I'm going to ask the devil's advocate question. There's more proof on the other side that he's a good hitter. Mm -hmm. He's a good, solid professional baseball hitter who made the National League All-Star team a year ago, what do you say to the people that might respond by saying, wait, we're not hoping. We're just just assuming that this was an aberration, that this Mm -hmm. 2020 season for Winker, yeah, it was his first in the American League, was an aberration.
6: Show me something that tells me this was an aberration or just something that's changed in the way that he's like deploying his swing mechanics and his athleticism at the plate versus how he's being pitched to and how he's being dealt with by other teams. Show me... Where the fix is show me. And that's something that the teams out there are going to have to do that. Jesse Winker is going to have to do, you know, Mitch. this is a little bit of an aside, but I'm a little bit concerned that the Seattle Mariners as an organization aren't very good. I'm not saying they're not. I'm I'm concerned that this may be the truth that they're not equipped at the big league level or even in the minors to help hitters like Taylor Tremel, Jared Kelnick. Uh, and now Jesse Winker, especially a veteran, Mm. to fix some things, to find out what's going on and actually fix it, it seems like If you're Julio and you're just good enough anyway, it looks good. If you're Cal and you figure some things out on your own, you're fine. And again, I'm not saying Cal did everything by himself, but there's a lot of evidence here that that big league, JP Crawford's situation, Mitch, seems like the most obvious one. That swing does not work at the major league level. It just is not going to work at the major league level. He's proven that time and time again. And we actually came into this season thinking as long as he can just be what he was last year, he's fine. $50 million play plus shortstop. He's fine but this organization doesn't appear to be able to help hitters once they get to massive struggles like Winker is in. So Mm -hmm. maybe you take that into consideration. If you think that's an organizational weakness right now, I'm not sitting around. It is still hope. I don't have evidence that it is an aberration, even though it's the first blip on the radar. It might just be the new reality for Jesse Winker. You mentioned
0: Kyle Lewis and that he might be the answer while we're waiting for some of these guys to get healthy. He's had four good games in Tacoma in a row. Uh, has had a couple of home runs, a couple of doubles in that stretch, driven in some runs. Mm. What is his future with the Mariners?
6: Yeah, that's a tough one. The Mariners have a lot of questions to answer over the offseason. It doesn't mean that he's either a big leaguer or you have to trade him. Same thing with Kelnick, same thing with Trammell, maybe the same thing with Luis Torrens to a lesser extent. But yeah, those are questions that we may see answered over the offseason by one or more of those players getting moved in a, in a trade, in some kind of a trade. But it's not the worst thing in the world just to start next season with this guy's back in AAA in case something happens. I believe if Kyle Lewis was healthy enough, he's at least a good enough bat to be your everyday DH. The problem is, can he stay in the lineup? Even if he can't play the field, can he be your relative everyday DH? And if that's legit... I think Lewis will hit. I think he'd hit two seventy with twenty-five homers next year if he were healthy for the full season. Mm. And that's that plays. You know, that that's big time help to that lineup. I just don't know that you can trust that. I mean, I'm not a doctor. You're hoping again. You're hoping that's up to the training staff. You're hoping. Yeah, you're hoping again. You're So that's a rough one. Yeah. You can't go into next season hoping Kelnick does this, hoping Winker does this, hoping Lewis stays. All out. right.
0: So all things considered, seventeen as we record this, 17 games to go. They're four in the loss column ahead of the Orioles, but I believe they own the tiebreaker with mm-hmm. the Orioles. So they're kind of five games ahead of the Orioles. I think we all believe, especially when you can I mean, it would be a great collapse, even with all the players out. When you consider these teams and these pitchers that they're going up against in the last 17 games, they should be able to get into the playoffs at the very least as the three seed. Having said that, it looks like possible opponents for round one. Obviously we would all love them to host the three games mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Possible opponents, it's going to be the Jays, the Rays, or the Guardians. I don't see the White Sox catching mm-hmm. the Guardians in that division. So it's going to be one of the three. Rank them one to three. Hardest to easiest. Who do you want to see? If you're a Mariners fan, who do you want to see? Maybe you'll tell me, well, it depends on where the series is. If it's in Tampa, we don't want to see the Rays, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind seeing the Rays here. They got one of the worst road records of any playoff team, and they got one of the best home records of any playoff team. But uh, given the three opponents, Jays, Rays, and Guardians, and matchups and pitching, who do the Mariner fans want to see? I think
6: the one thing you don't want to do is play right now. You don't want to play the Jays at all, whether it's home or on the road. They're playing the best baseball. They do have Gossman and Manoa at the top. Uh, Barrios has struggled a little bit, but that lineup is swinging it really well right now. And they do have a shutdown closer. You definitely don't want to go to Toronto, but I don't know if you're telling me the games are at home. I'm not that afraid of the Blue Jays. I I think Seattle would figure out a way to beat the Blue Jays. Probably it would probably go all three pretty evenly matched clubs. But I think if you're ranking those from most difficult to the easiest, most difficult Toronto on the road, second most difficult Tampa on the road, uh, third most difficult, probably Toronto at home and then maybe Cleveland on the road and then Tampa at home. So if you're rooting, you probably rather play Tampa at home or Cleveland on the road as the two best matchups for Seattle. Well,
0: it sounds like then you agree with me from a couple of podcasts ago that the three seed, where you play Cleveland on the road mm. and then you avoid Houston for an extra round. If you were to get by Cleveland mm. and let maybe somebody else do the dirty work against Houston and you get the Yankees instead of Houston in the second round. Sounds like that three seed. I, I've i said from the beginning that I'd either want to be, I don't want to be the one, but if mm. I'm not the one wild card one, I, I want to be wild card three.
6: Yeah. You really don't want to be the two. If you have any way to avoid the two, that is the yeah. worst situation there. But really like, Right now, one of the things that's leaning on me is how well the Blue Jays are playing. That could change in the next two and a half weeks as well. And we're going to be able to see that last week, Mitch, how teams might be able to set up their rotations. Do they need to use, does Toronto need to use Gossman and Manoa, you know, the fourth and the fifth of the season or whatever? To, to clinch a spot or to clinch seating, And if that's the case, maybe that would change some things. But right now, with as well as the Blue Jays are playing, that's the one team that you'd probably like to play the least if you're not really considering home and away. Prospect Insider, follow him on Twitter.
0: Baseball Things is the name of the podcast, right? That's the one. Yep. And uh, he's really kind to us here on Mitch Unfiltered. We'll uh, check in with him as the playoffs approach. And we'll hope that with 17 games to go, the Mariners can hold on for dear life down the stretch. Jason. (laughs) They're going to back in, Mitch. They're going to back in. (laughs) Thanks very much for being back with us. You got it, Mitch. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the CEO of Daniels Broiler and Wingpoint member guest champion, Lindsey Schwartz. Should we tell everybody that it was like flight 26 or should we leave that part out
7: well we should leave it out because it's not true it's also not true that i was the overall champion but we were champions of the fifth flight okay. which i feel pretty good about and and you know you probably think you'd be in the first flight but i'm i'm guessing you'd be like in the third or fourth
0: third flight. or fourth flight only only one flight ahead of lindsey schwartz yeah I <laughs> you guys just had a seattle version of the bourbon bash at the downtown location in the hyatt we haven't Talked about the downtown location a lot. What's the progress over there since the pandemic?
7: Yeah, you know, I mean, that was closed for several months. And uh, we opened the bar, just bar only about a year ago. And then a few months ago, we've opened the dining room. So now the bar and dining room are open seven nights a week. It's getting a little bit busier every week. We're really happy with the progress. As a matter of fact, I took the family to Hamilton a couple weeks ago. And uh, we parked at the Hyatt, had dinner at Daniels, walked to the Paramount. It's like a block and a half away. The show's awesome, by the way. I know you're a you're a big musical guy. Have I you have. seen Hamilton? I have not seen
0: Hamilton. I've seen the oh. I've seen the TV version, but I've not been to a show of Hamilton. How many times have you seen it?
7: You know, I've seen it a few. <laughs> I, I I yeah. People are gonna make fun of me. I have seen it and I love it. And you definitely should do it. And you definitely should have dinner yeah, at Daniels yeah. before.
0: How about football season at Dan? I don't know that people kind of connect Daniels for football season, but there's some there's some opportunities at Les Shy before and after games and viewing opportunities at Bellevue. Tell us about football season at Daniels.
7: Yeah, transitioning from musicals to football, (laughs) only on Mitch's podcast. Yes!
0: Yeah, I mean,
7: football, you know, Leschi is open for lunch every day, including the weekends, and that's a great place to go before a game. I do it all the time before Seahawks games, and every once in a while I'll go to a Husky game. It's super conveniently located to both those stadiums, so great place to go for lunch. All three Seattle locations are convenient for dinner after a football game, and then I like watching games at Bellevue. In Prime 21 up there, we've got the big screen TV and the couches, and it's a really fun place to watch a game.
0: i got to tell you, Daniels Broiler has been an amazing partner since the radio days and now with Unfiltered since the beginning. When you think of football, maybe you don't quickly think of Daniels Broiler, but now you will. Daniels Broiler, a world-class steakhouse.
3: Unfiltered.
0: Service, complete touchdown, Papa. Brought to you by Taco Time Northwest and all the fabulous Taco Time teams throughout the Northwest, always looking to add quality people in positions across the board. Ladies and gentlemen, talk about quality people. On Friday night, as Louisville played Florida State, on ESPN, I could hear our old friend Vern Lundquist yelling, Yes, sir! <laughs> Neuheisel goes to two and one. He's 6'67. And if my dad were alive today, he'd say, Tell Heisel to quit right now. Quit. Walk away. Post six, 667. He's not going to do better than 667. Are you going to quit after Friday night's victory?
8: Absolutely not. We're on a roll. <laughs> Never give up the dice when they're, uh, they're uh, speaking to you, Mitch. Yeah, we're uh, excited about this. Hey, Tate Rodemaker coming off the bench to replace Jordan Travis. I thought we were curtains. He threw an ugly pick there at the end of the first half. Lo and behold, he and Johnny Wilson were doing some work. They Mitch, were doing some doing work. Doing or some work. New Heisel. Done. You didn't have
0: a two-game winning streak all year. In fact, you don't <laughs> think you won two games all year last year. So I'm uh, I'm thrilled. We endured a backup quarterback on Friday. We endured a late turnover by Florida State on Friday. And that's two in a row for Rick's picks. He's 6'67". He's on a roll. And at the end of today's segment, we'll uh, ask him for pick number four let's see we had only three top 25 teams lost as I see it Miami not unexpectedly lost to Texas A&M BYU not entirely unexpected lost at Oregon and then there's Michigan State we had a Hail Mary Answers. does Appalachian State know how to play just a normal game or do we have to <laughs> do I feel like we have to I feel like we're like in we're near the campus of Appalachian State University. We feel like we're talking about them every week at this time.
8: We are living in the land of happy, <laughs> where everybody runs around happy. That's just the way it is. Listen, what a couple of weeks for them. And listen, go back to the three Carolina. weeks ago when yeah. they were lost 63-61 after scoring 40 points, 40 points, six touchdowns yeah. in the fourth quarter. And still find a way to lose. Oh, they uh, they answer that doldrum kind of situation by going to College Station and not only winning, but taking a $1.5 million check home with them. Yep. Then college game day comes to grace the great city of Boone, North Carolina, the yeah. rock, yeah. if you will. yeah. And the rock was rocking again with a Hail Mary from Chase Price. Just a, just a great uh, couple of weeks for college football there on the rock of North Carolina. So we had the Appalachian
0: State uh, Hail Mary. We had Houston wide receivers fighting on the sideline.
8: Not a good luck.
0: We had craziness at the Harvard of Central New York, which I'm going to bring up. We had, we had Troy Aikman calling for a 30,000-seat on-campus stadium. He's sick and tired of looking at your beloved Bruins in their stadium with five people there. But we have to start, Rick Neuheisel. Right here in the epicenter of college football this past weekend, your guy, Michael Penix Jr., 400 yards, four touchdowns, and the dogs dismantle, really, the 11th-ranked team in the nation, Michigan State. How about them dogs?
8: It's not unexpected, given the fact that Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer are reunited. And remember, DeBoer was the offensive coordinator at Indiana for Tom Allen when Michael Penix got his first chance. He was a 67% passer with Kalen DeBoer calling the plays and that being his offense. DeBoer leaves for Fresno state to get the uh, head coaching job. He takes over Jake Hayner and we've seen, we've seen with Jake Hayner and we hope that he'll have a speedy recovery after being carted off the field against Trojans this weekend. But Penix numbers dipped under 60%. He hasn't been the same. Now they're back together. It's no no. Uh, A surprise to me at all that Penix is having this kind of success and that Washington who we knew had good defensive personnel was going to play. Well, a year ago, after two weeks, they had scored 17 points this year. They'd scored 97. They add 39 to that. This is an offense to go along with all that great defensive personnel. The dogs are a factor in the PAC 12. No accident. I'm going to
0: run the risk of pissing some dog fans off right now by doing what we should never do, which is peek ahead. Dare we peek a little bit ahead and look at their schedule? No USC on the schedule this year. That's right. No Utah on the schedule this year. Uh, Yeah, they've got Oregon and Autzen, but for the most part, it's Stanford, it's UCLA, it's Arizona State, it's Arizona, it's Cal, it's Colorado. It's the bottom half of the... Pac-12 that Washington just draws in this 2022 season, dare to dream if you're a Washington fan right about now.
8: Without question, dare to dream. Without question. And by the way, the two best teams at least that would challenge them are SC and Utah. Now, Oregon looked terrific against BYU this last weekend, and we'll wait and see if they can be consistent because their quarterback, Bo Nix, has a flair for the inconsistent. He was wonderful this week, but was horrible against Georgia. Now that's no sin. Georgia is without question, the best team in the country, but he has shown inconsistency throughout his career. I think Washington, if they just handle business against teams that they should handle business business against, mm-hmm. will be there at the day's end with a great chance to play in Las Vegas.
0: They've got Oregon State on the schedule. They've got Washington State on the schedule. I don't know if you've seen either of those two teams. You probably saw Washington State a week or so ago in Madison. Both Oregon State and Washington State seem to be off to very solid starts. Do we know anything about those two teams yet?
8: Well, Oregon State had two great wins to begin the season, one against Boise state, one against Fresno state. And both of those teams we've known over the years are capable teams and love playing PAC 12 competition because it's their chance to show, Hey, we're right with you right. Uh, to get wins in both of those places. Uh, one at home against Boise, the other on the road at Fresno was a ter- terrific accomplishment. I still have to see more from their quarterback to know that they're going to be able to go against the, scs which we're going to see this weekend i think they're a six and a half point underdog at home against the trojans i gotta see can they keep up with a team that can score like that and that's what washington is right now they're a team that can score washington state has really been impressive defensively to go and and hold the uh, wisconsin badgers to 14 points as they did was uh really something to win with 17 points on the road in camp Randall was something. I think we all kind of were waiting to see cam ward, the transfer from incarnate word, really the impressive place has been the defense. And we'll see if that can uh, continue to be the story. Washington state and Oregon this week, Washington state and Oregon this week. in Pullman. It, uh, Again, Bo Nix consistency. If Bo Nix and Oregon can play fast and furious, they have probably enough team speed to beat Washington State. But I have to see it with my own eyes that Bo Nix can be consistent.
0: The Harvard of Central New York, Rick Neuheisel. Oh, while, what a great, while, great win. While you were delivering poems, I like to bring up on this segment each week things that I've never seen before. And that one offered something, at least I have it, maybe you have in your vast experiences in college football. While you were delivering poems... On CBS, the Harvard of Central New York was playing Purdue. Now get this. Purdue scores a touchdown with 35 seconds to go to take a four-point lead. Purdue up. I watched it. I watched this
8: whole thing play out. For our listeners
0: who didn't, didn't see it, the tight end who caught the pass with 35 seconds to put Purdue up four on the ensuing extra point Picks up a 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalty. And then the coach picks up the special teams coach another 15 <laughs> yards. So they, so they have to kick it. Have you ever seen a kickoff from their line? I've own not seen a kickoff line? from the 10.
8: From I've the line. I've not seen a yard kickoff line. from the 10-yard line. The I, 10 that was a first for me. Okay. That was a first for me.
0: So now because they've got to kick it off from the 10, Syracuse gets great field position with 35 seconds to go, and they go down and score a touchdown, but we're not finished yet with the with the shenanigans. They score! They score a touchdown thanks to the, the 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 penalties and the field position. They score a touchdown to take a 3-point lead with 7 seconds to go. And what does Purdue do on the ensuing extra point that Syracuse takes? They get two more 15-yard <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and now listen to this. Syracuse is kicking off from the Purdue 35 yard line. Now, okay, now people are going to say, "Mitch, stop with the Syracuse." Nobody cares about Syracuse. I, with my own eyes, watched two kickoffs within five minutes of each other. One from the team's own 10, and the other oh. from the opposite side of the 50, the 35 yard line. Well, what do you? Where do you even kick it? If you kick it from your from the other team's 35, do you squib it? Do you kick it through the end zone? What do you do? No one's prepared to kick it from the other team's 35, Rick Neweisel.
8: No, no one's prepared for this. No, no, no one's prepared for any of what you just suggested. Crazy. And yet it just speaks to the absolute beauty of college football. Because just when you think you've seen it all, you see something completely different. Off the wall, and that's what uh, I think. Why we keep turning in that's it's just uh, it's it's marvelous, marvelous theater. More bizarre
0: over the weekend in college football, Houston. I think Houston lost the game.
8: They did. They had an They al- got beat by Kansas. And by, by the Kansas. way, yes. put Lance Leipold's name squarely on the list of candidates at Nebraska. That oh. is a wonderful job Lance oh. Leipold's doing at Kansas. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, Houston has a wide receiver
0: that picks up a 15-yard penalty late in the game, comes off the field. He's actually told by a teammate to leave the field. He leaves the field, and then another teammate, another wide receiver, comes over, I saw the video, and and decks him on the (laughs) sidelines. Right in front of the head coach, we've got two receivers literally in a physical altercation in your stops at Colorado and Washington and UCLA and the hot shots and – In your playing days, do you recall physical confrontations on side? It had to have happened somewhere along the way. And what do you do as a coach when you've got two players in a loss literally coming to blows on the sideline?
8: It's an emotional game, and uh, there's going to have to be a meeting to clear the air, but because of the emotion that coexists with this ferocity that that occurs between the white lines, it can happen. You hate it. You hate it. You don't want it. It creates a bad look on the sideline. There'll be lots of Houston alums that are now concerned, given the Cougars are one and two and lost to, you know, woe, uh, woeful Kansas, although woeful Kansas is a good football team. Ask West Virginia about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is just a bad look. And, and unfortunately, now it's another problem that Dana Holgerson has to deal with.
0: It's time. Taco Time Northwest celebrates those that love doing some work. They've got positions available across the board. Terrific compensation packages. And Do they perks. have
8: any positions for those wide receivers? Yes, they, they do. Were wanting, they were doing some work yes, there. At Houston.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Including signing bonuses. But you got to love doing some work at tacotimenw.com. Now, there's an obvious winner of who was doing some work. And that's Michael Penix Jr. right here in Seattle. Three games, 1,100 yards. 10 touchdowns, one interception, dare I say that maybe in the far too early Heisman conversation, if you involve, I don't know, eight or 10 guys, he might be on somebody's list of eight or 10 guys creeping up the list. Michael Penix Jr. would be the obvious doing some work on this episode with Rick Neuheisel. Do you want to go with the obvious or do you want to go off the board? Thanks to Taco Time. What do you want to
8: do? I'm going off the board. I'm going to the game that we uh, gave to the listeners last week. The uh, Florida State uh, winner over Louisville, Johnny Wilson, the transfer wide receiver from Florida State, just basically happened on the scene right before our very eyes. Seven catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. With Tate a you know, seldom used backup getting finally his chance. He says, Tate, throw it to me because I'm ready to do some work. (laughs) And my boys out in Seattle are sitting there going, they need a little payday. Uh, Let's have some taco time touchdowns here and let's get it done. Okay. Johnny Wilson was the man doing some work. Johnny Wilson was doing some work, as was Rick Neuheisel, who has won two in a
0: row. Now, I'm looking at the slate. And I see Clemson at Wake Forest and Sam Hartman. Yes. I see on CBS Florida and Tennessee, which was always a great rivalry. We've got Arkansas at Texas A&M, also in the SEC. We've got Wisconsin at Ohio State in the Big Ten. And then the the aforementioned Cougs hosting Oregon in Pullman, Washington. Those are some of the marquee games on the slate this week. I don't know if any of those catch your eye. I don't know if you want to make any of those you're picking. Typically you find something a little bit off the radar.
8: I think all those games are merit interest and, and I would have a choice in all of them, but I'm trying to deliver things that are more certain (laughs) for the group that are wanting to do some work out there in my beloved Pacific Northwest. I like what's going on with the brand new coach of Duke, Mike Elko. Okay. The uh, former defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, former defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, former defensive coordinator at Wake Forest. He is now the head coach at Duke. They are undefeated. He's got a young quarterback by the name of Riley Leonard, who's 73% passer. I think Duke, the nine and a half point underdog to Kansas, takes care of business. Now, hold on a second. You just got finished raving.
0: I know about the Kansas head coach and five minutes later, you're picking, you're
8: picking the opponent. Kansas (laughs) is an underdog. They need to be the team that just the little train that could. Now they're rolling into a completely new situation. Okay. Look what happened to Georgia Southern in the aftermath of that big win in Lincoln. Okay. They got beat by UAB. Look what happened to App State in the aftermath of that giant win, taking the money and running from College Station. They had to go to a Hail Mary to get over Troy at home. Even game day was there, and they needed a Hail Mary. They did not cover that spread. And Marshall got beat in overtime by Bowling Green after beating Notre Dame. Kansas is going to feel this is really big stuff. West Virginia, Houston, both games on the road. Watch out for the Dukies, boy. I I don't know. I, I don't ever remember hearing
0: anybody pick Duke in a road football game. Maybe Mike Shashewsky <laughs> in a did road. Did you see him
8: at Northwestern? Did you see <laughs> I what? Did not they I did, did at
0: Northwestern. I did not. I did not. Okay, we're taking Duke, and we're getting nine points. Yeah, some places nine and a half. Shop, okay. Shop for the shop <laughs> for the hook. <laughs> we're getting nine or nine and a half, and should he win this? He would move to three and one and seven fifty, and then you and re- your beloved departed father would say,
8: "Take the money and Stop. run." Rick. Stop!
0: Stop! Stop! Stop. Seven fifty. You're seven fifty. Quit while you're ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Neuheisel will talk to you next week on Mitch Unfiltered. All right, my friend. Take care. And here she is, senior financial planner for Evergreen GovCall, Katie Versio. How's everyone doing over there at Evergreen? Things getting a little better in the investing world, Katie.
9: <laughs> you know, we're we're hanging in there. It's been a pretty bumpy ride, though, Mitch. Yeah. It's been an interesting summer, to say the least. Yes, Katie has three
0: stump the band questions from the financial world, and I am ready. Is there a
9: topic this time around? Yes. So we're doing a market update. It's been a very volatile ride across all financial markets this year. So I'm going to kind of quiz you on topics I've asked you about earlier this year, just to see how things have changed. Okay. Question number one. I'm ready. I've asked you several times this year, we've discussed U.S. consumer inflation. It's been really high this year. In May, the inflation increase was 8.6% year over year. And in June, it was 9.1%. What was that figure in July? Was it an 8% change, 85 or 9%?
0: Just a stab, I'll go be 8.5%, Katie.
9: That's right. Yes! Yes! So while still very elevated at 8.5%, that's a very high rate, the figures came in lower than expected. And so that really boosted the market here in the last few weeks. So inflation is coming down a little bit. Which means... I can do
0: no worse than 333, which is a great batting average on the Mariners. Go ahead, question number two, Katie.
9: Okay, so in April, I asked you about interest rates that you could earn on a six-month CD. In April of 2021, you could earn 0.17% interest on a six-month CD. And in April of 2022, you could get 0.2% interest. So even though at that time, the Federal Reserve was raising interest rates, it was not impacting savings rates for individuals. So today, what could you earn on a six-month CD? Is it 0.3%? 0.6% or 0.9%.
0: I'll go 0.9%, Katie.
9: That's right. Yes. Yes! Now that the Fed has raised interest rates several times, it's starting to trickle down where investors can earn a little bit more on some of these types of investments. So the Fed raised 0.75% in July, and they're being a little bit more aggressive trying to rein that inflation in.
0: Well, I'm not sure in all the years that we're doing this, Katie, that I've ever gone three for three I don't know what I'm gonna do if I go three for three on this one, but I'm ready to give it a try. What's question number three?
9: Okay, so I'm giving you an easy one with the last one. It's a true or false question. True or false, both stocks and bonds are down this year. Absolutely
0: true, because I know that when stocks are up, bonds are down and vice versa, but that's not the case this time around.
9: That's right, you got that right. The S&P 500 is down about 17% this year and bonds are down about 12% this year because of what the Federal Reserve is doing with raising interest rate, it has been negatively impacting the price of bonds. Just a very volatile time. And we at Evergreen have been very active in managing our portfolios and trimming when the markets are going up and buying when things are going down. And we think that volatility is here to stay for at least the short term and that it makes sense to, to be actively managing a portfolio.
0: Well, I hope our audience understands that I'm going to keep this one up on the uh, on the podcast for the next two <laughs> or three years, because I just, I just went three for three before. Before you finish katie versio you have a a little survey that you guys are doing on the website
9: yes if you go to evergreengk.com you can access our client compatibility survey where you can learn more about us and if you're interested in our management style and if we could be a good fit you can take our client compatibility survey
0: talk about a great fit evergreen golf call has been just a terrific partner and sponsor of mitch unfiltered since the beginning where would we be without them evergreen golf call everything wealth Unfiltered.
10: 20 and it's blocked. That's a live ball into the hands of Mike
0: Jackson. And he gets Pence Wyshnowski to Rowland comes up huge. The rookie with the block, and Mike Jackson with his first NFL touchdown. Quarterback sneak. Jimmy
3: Garoppolo puts it away for San Francisco.
2: We didn't do anything like we wanted to today in the line of scrimmage, on either side of the ball. Um, we, we didn't we didn't deal with it right. Um, we had ten penalties. They had one. We had three turnovers. They had none. You know, I mean, it was just it, it was a it was it, it's really hard to win this football game today the way we did it.
0: Well, Taco Time Northwest presents the Seahawks No Table Joe Fan Win Bet. And closest to the pin winner, KP winner of hole number two. What'd you have, Joe? You had 24-10? 24-10, off by
11: six, made the birdie putt, we move on to hole three.
0: You had 24-10, I had 24-13, and Brady had 20-17. to so Joe takes KP number two. Joe's got one KP. I've got one KP. And the man who's very comfortable bringing up the rear in such competitions, Brady Henderson of ESPN, <laughs> ESPN Seahawks insider after a 27-17 thorough ass whooping the Niners laid at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks in Santa Clara. What would you say the uh, the mood was after the game? Well, the word of the day in the
10: locker room uh, was humbled or humbling. Some version of that word. That was what Pete Carroll said. Is what Quandre Diggs said. Uh, Rashad Penny used that same word as well. And um, yeah, it's you know it's hard to disagree with that. Is is promising and uh, encouraging as that win on Monday night was over Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I think this was just as disheartening. Um, and really, I think kind of a reality check. And I, I look at this game as you know, the forty or the Seahawks saw what they want to be as a team in the 49ers, a team that has a stout defense, a physical running game and has both of those things going well enough to where they don't have to rely on their quarterback. They can ask their quarterback to be a game manager. So the Seahawks want to do that's how they want to win this year. And this was a reminder that that's going to be easier said than done when they have their limitations at quarterback and they have, question marks on defense now that it no longer has Jamal Adams. So uh, this was a reality check game for the Seahawks. And it was, uh, as they put it, a pretty humbling loss.
0: This wasn't unexpected, at least to you, Joe, the Seahawks were not competitive. He uses the word humbling Um, offensively, Joe, zero points, 14, first down 36 yards, rushing 2.6 yards a carry. Uh, on defense, they gave up 190 rushing. They were gashed in the first half. Uh, I think what Seahawks fans fear is this is what we're going to watch week to week for the next 17 weeks.
11: Yes, yeah, some semblance of it. The Niners are one of the best rosters, certainly defensively, in the entire league. So I don't think you have to look at this game as this is as anemic it's going to be on a weekly basis. But certainly they're going to struggle against good teams. And you look at Geno Smith's numbers, 24 of 30, you think that would lead to some pretty good production, but it's under 200 yards at 197, no touchdowns in the pick. When you don't have any semblance of a vertical passing game, it makes you so limited. So if other teams are just simply doing their jobs, you're not going to nickel and dime NFL teams to death unless you're running the ball for eight yards a carry at the same time, which they didn't do in this game. So, yeah, I I, I guess I don't really have any major hot take coming out of the game. I, this is a game I expected them to lose to a better team on the road. And yeah. we saw them lose to a better team on the road. Joe, you said that they don't have any semblance of a vertical pass game. Do they have no
0: semblance of a vertical pass game because they don't try? to have a vertical pass game because they certainly have got receivers who have proven over the last couple of two, three years, they can get deep. They can go vertical. Or is it that they don't have a quarterback that can get the ball down the field to them? Or is it they don't have a coach that trusts or even wants to do that?
11: I think there is an inherent conservatism to what they're trying to do. It's protect the football. It's control the clock. It's run the football yeah, I don't think they're going into these game plans saying we're going to we're going to anticipate Geno Smith taking six to eight shots downfield. I just don't know if that's how they're putting things together. Again, I'm not as intimately involved with it as I used to be where I would defer to Brady in that standpoint. But just watching the games, it doesn't look like Geno Smith is dropping back and he's looking for it and it breaks down. And he's escaping or something. It, it's just they're looking for th- the ball to get out quick. And they're looking to run the football and they're looking to um, sort of get this rhythm passing game, that, which is interesting. And Brady's mentioned this a couple of times where that was sort of the stuff that lacked with Russ. But now you sort of have that at the expense of the explosives and just asking a, a quarterback of any sort, you know, no matter how good they are to just march down the field first down after first down after first down third down conversion after a third down conversion after third down conversions is hard to do. The best offenses when they're playing best don't even get to third down and it's explosives and it's uh, all of that. So yeah, it's just what they are putting together. It's not ever going to be pretty and it's going to be hard to sustain. And you saw that in the second half of week one, and you saw that basically for all four quarters of this game.
10: And going back to your initial question, Mitch, I I think it's a big part of it too, is that defenses are, kind of aligned to take away that deep passing game. Um, Maybe not every time, but, uh, and and that's more anecdotal. Like that's what we're hearing from players. I haven't looked at the numbers to confirm that, but uh, that's what Geno Smith has said. And, you know, the way that you get teams out of that is um, you are really efficient in throwing the ball underneath and, and making them pay. And you have to have a strong run game to really basically get that second safety uh, out of deep coverage and get him into the box and, and to open up some of those deep passing looks. And, you know, when you run for 35 yards on what was it 14 carries like they did on Sunday um, that's just not going to get it done. And, and they really didn't have a much of a running game in the opener against Denver either. And so part of it is what's being given to them. And I thought Gino Smith in the first game did a really nice job of taking what the defense is giving was giving them. But as Joe said, You can only nickel and dime so much. And and when you don't have a run game to kind of force them out of those looks, um, then you're sort of in trouble.
0: Look, it's hard to circle a player two that were the biggest plays in the game when the game was 27, seven and so thoroughly dominated by the opponent, but I'll try to do it. I'll try to do it. Joe, I'll come to you. The two plays that I thought could have tilted the game in a more competitive direction. Clearly, The wildcat uh, running back pass attempt, which uh, didn't go very well. That's a big moment because it's 13-0 and you might be going in for 13-7 if you score there, different ball game. And then at the end of the half, they're using their timeouts on defense wisely to get the ball back so that they can try to score at the end of the half and then get the ball at the beginning of the third quarter. And what happens, they make the stop, but on the punt... The guy gets blocked into Tyler Lockett, a fumble, and what happens? San Francisco ends up scoring seven just before halftime. You want to take on the halfback pass, and then we'll come to Brady with Carroll's reaction to the halfback pass after the game.
11: I sort of appreciate the thought of you're going against a better team, empty the bag of tricks, and see what you got. But if you remember, it was I think it was the play before. It might have been two plays before. I'm pretty sure it was the play before. The play before. So you have back-to-back plays without your quarterback on the field. And at that point, you're sort of just like screaming to the defense, hey, something's up. You know, it's like getting back for a punt, but your punter is not on the field. You know, it's like, okay, this probably isn't going to be a punt. So you're not catching anyone off guard at that point. I think that would be my qualm with it. But again, at the end of the day, I I don't look at that as – I don't know. They took a shot. It was really bad. It just went, it couldn't have gone poor, terrible decision from DJ Dallas, who if you practice that play, and I imagine they've repped it at least once in practice, they have told him if it ain't wide open, you take it and you run. And DJ Dallas threw it couldn't have thrown it more to the numbers of <laughs> uh, the defender for San Francisco. So yeah, it, it just didn't work out. I, I think the biggest thing for Seahawks fans that they're going to have to come to grips with is, being the vastly inferior team. And then just living with that. Not every game is going to have Pete Carroll screwed this up. This player screwed this up. These four plays led you to a loss. And what's that going to mean down the road? You just got your butt kicked and there's going to be plays that annoy you like the ones you mentioned, but that's what's going to be hard for Seahawks fans to trudge through this is there's just going to be moments where you just get beat and that's not something they're accustomed to based on the last decade plus of Seahawks football.
0: Brady, take our listeners into the press room after guys that are kind of sinister and angry and miserable. Like me, will take what Pete Carroll said when he said something like, I wish I had called a timeout and gotten us out of that play and his just overall kind of frustration. I took that as kind of a subtle swipe at his offensive coordinator that he didn't like the play call from the beginning and he wished that he would have canceled it before it happened you take it the same way or are you just well a nice guy who didn't take it that way
10: well I am a really nice guy but I I, I didn't take it entirely that way I mean he, he called it a cool play that, and he didn't seem upset that the play was called initially I think what he was saying was based on the look that they got pre-snap it, it you know it really wasn't set up to work like the 49ers defense was sort of set up to stop that i think was what he was maybe getting at there and and he said he was right there he saw it and that he should have called a timeout. You know, DJ Dallas, for his part, said that, you know, it was a run-pass option, and he was rolling to his right, and he saw that it looked like the the cornerback was going to commit to him. Um, and so he raised up to try to throw, to try to get the cornerback to, you know, fall off, and which the cornerback did, but he basically couldn't stop his throwing motion and the ball Uh, just kind of went out of his hands. He said it wasn't an issue of the ball being wet. He just couldn't stop the throwing motion. So I'm with Joe. I don't think it was the worst call ever. You know, I I also agree with Joe saying that it is kind of questionable because, you know, they were in that same formation to play before and you do lose the element of surprise there. But um, it's not like you're asking DJ Dallas to throw a post route 40 yards on a rope, you know, between two defenders. You're asking him to make a throw that, as if he would make as if he's like playing catch with his dad in the front yard. Like it's not a difficult throw. Um, and I don't know, I would say like DK Metcalf was wide open, but you know, like a, a better throw maybe gets that done. It was just sort of yeah. a, a fluke thing that he just didn't, he, he unleashed one of the worst throws you'll ever see. But I think all in all too, it is kind of an indictment on the quarterback situation when you feel like that's your best chance of scoring is to, you know, take the ball out of your quarterback's hands to split him out wide uh, and and to try to resort to trickery there. I think it's just kind of a reflection of, you know, their offense was terrible that day. Their offense has its limitations and uh, you sort of have to resort to trick plays like that sometimes there which was,
0: they did elsewhere in the game too. Brady, Brady Henderson, ESPN Seahawks insider ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter. Um, there were a lot of Seahawks fans that were annoyed about no call being made on the punt that I referred to the fumble, the botched punt, Tyler Lockett back there, the new Seahawk player kind of jolted into him and then the fumble and subsequent seven points. But Pete Carroll cleared that up. Fair play, fair game. The Niners just made a play there.
10: Yeah, and Tyler Lockett said the same thing. And I was wondering about that too, just because that seems a little odd that that a, a player on the punting team can do that, can basically just drive a member of the return team into the returner. You obviously know that you can't as, as a guy on the return team you can't interfere with that player directly but apparently you can push one of the guys on the return team into the guy who's trying to return it. Pete Carroll and Tyler Lockett both said that's a perfectly legal play. And Lockett for his part said that you know he he could have done a better job of alerting Xavier Crawford uh that he was getting close to him. I mean okay. that's okay. happens in such a bang bang way that I don't know how realistic that was. Maybe that's just a, a team captain and a leader trying to kind of fall on the sword there for a bad play. But right. um, but yeah, that was a big play. As you said, you know, the Seahawks had a chance to kind of go two for one there, uh, knowing that they were getting the ball back uh, to begin the second half there. And uh, that ended up not working out exactly how they intended it to.
0: Joe, you don't think that we moved any closer to seeing what Drew Locke has to offer on Sunday in the anemic offensive performance. Cause on one hand the offense was horrific and the offense was horrific in the second half on Monday night. So it's now really six quarters of non-threatening offensive play, really bad offensive play. I don't know that it's about Gino. My sense is it's as much about the play calling and just the overall theory and game plan of the offense, but do you think that we got closer to seeing Drew Locke at some point here in the not-too-distant future?
11: You didn't get further away, but I don't know if you took big strides towards the hook being pulled on Gino and Drew Locke being put into the game. Yeah. You played a way better team, and you got your butts kicked. I don't know if I looked at that game from Gino and thought, oh, wait, that's Geno? Yeah, I mean, he's a limited quarterback who has some upside and can make some plays when it's there for him and he has some escapability and some athleticism that makes him an asset in that regard. And for the most part, he's going to protect the football and lead the team to the best of his ability and gain the support of his teammates along the way. You made that decision to make him the starter. It would be a really bad look in my opinion, if you immediately said actually we're going to go with drew. Well, he just, you know, who cares what happened in the second half of the Broncos game? You beat the Broncos. And you talked about how much that win meant. We talked about that on the Thursday show, uh, the Friday show, sorry, about how much it meant for them to win that game. And then after one game against arguably the best defense in all of football, you're going to pull a plug. I, I just don't think we got, I don't think we took meaningful steps towards Drew Locke today.
10: Ready? Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I, and, you know, I will say this though, and I've, I've made this point before on the podcast that I think that, Gino, it's not like he won that competition running away, you know, neither one of those guys really truly distinguished himself from the other. And I don't want to say Gino won it by default, but he won it. I think in large part because drew lock just ran out of time to catch up to him. And so I have thought all along that this quarterback competition is unofficially carrying on into the regular season. And I, I don't, I've never thought that Gino Smith has a super short leash, but by no means are the Seahawks committed to him starting the whole season, especially, you know, as Drew Locke continues to get uh, a better handle on the offense, which I think was a huge reason, probably the biggest reason why Mm -hmm. Geno Smith won that job was because his, you know, he has such a, a firmer grasp on the offense having been in it last season. And so I don't think Geno Smith is their biggest problem right now by any means. You know, we talked about the run game, not really getting anything going the two other turnovers on offense. But that said, Gino had that interception. He also had a number of other times I thought where he kind of got away with some throws that were put into harm's way. And so, I don't think he's the biggest problem. I don't think he's. It's getting close to to Drew Lock time, but I also don't think
11: that Gino is locked into the starting job for for good. The thought I've been having this week is I, I think it's it's amazing when you change the lens in which you look at a team, and certainly when I covered the team for the two years I was on the beat. Um, I I feel like I got criticized a lot for, you know, well, they're winning and why you're nitpicking wins and this and that. And it's well, yeah, because they're not being judged against the Jets or you name the bottom barrel team of the league. They're being judged against the Chiefs and whoever else is the, the Niners and the Bucks and whomever else is, you know, you look at the top teams that are in contention to win a Super Bowl. And so that is, that's how you're judged. That's the barometer. Whereas with the Mariners, it's, you're just desperate for any sign of progress. And now it's sort of flipped where every Mariners game is going to be scrutinized every at bat, every decision. And because that's, the lens has changed and and now there are real hopes and, you know, tangible uh, aspirations for that team beyond just not being an embarrassment where with the Seahawks this year, it's, it's so much different, you know, like it, I we normally would have these conversations and even on wins, I'd be really hard on X, Y, or Z. And it, it just feels, it's just different. It feels like this whole season is sort of house money where, and maybe this is just cause I'm so detached emotionally where, and fans don't want to hear that because they're still certainly charged up about different things. But I just think it's, it's fascinating the way conversations shift and understandably so, but, but certainly I think people will, hear that in these round table conversations or sorry, no table conversations that, you know, when the bar is low, you know, you sort of set your conversation accordingly. So I don't know. I just find that fascinating uh, the way this has changed. It's time because this show is presented by taco time, Northwest and
0: taco time. Northwest always celebrates those that love to do some work. They're always looking to add talented people, committed people, To their Taco Time Northwest team, they've got great perks, great compensation, and they advise you to go to tacotimenw.com. They're hiring for positions across the board from management to the actual stores, but they only want people that are willing to do some work. And so now we wonder how creative the boys will get. I mean, you could go, you could take Tyler Lockett if you'd like. Brady Henderson, if you want to take Tyler Lockett, he had a good game. He was doing some work. You could take somebody from the Seahawks in a losing cause. You could take somebody from the 49ers. You could take somebody from the non-sports world. Anybody is fair game. So Taco Time Northwest wants to know, Brady Henderson, ESPN Seahawks insider, who was doing some work this week. I'll
10: tell you who was doing some work. It was nobody uh involved in this game. At least not involved in the playing of this game, but uh I'm going to tell you about Nick Wagner, who is a very good friend of mine, a colleague of mine. Uh Joe has been on the 49ers beat with him in the past. I believe he's been on this great podcast dude. as well. Yeah. Great guy, great reporter, and he has written what I think is going to be an excellent story. Um, kind of taking a look at the whole Jimmy G saga and that whole unique situation this off season. And uh, Nick worked on it with uh, another coworker of ours named uh, Tim Kuhn, who writes for ESPN. And um, I know that Nick, I, I don't know Tim very well, but I know that Nick is a very good reporter and very plugged in. And I know just from talking to him that this story is uh, really going to be fascinating and just a fascinating look at kind of the what ifs uh, of that whole situation. And really, you know, he wrote that, no thinking that uh or you know, when Trey Lance was their starter, you know, that story takes on a much bigger importance now that Jimmy G is is back in that starting role for the 49ers. So check that story out this week uh on ESPN.com. It's a plug. I don't know if you can call it a shameless plug, since I'm not plugging my work. Uh, but at any rate, Nick Wagner
0: was doing, doing some, some work. work. You know, the glory of the doing some work segment is there are no rules yeah which is the glory but you are really you are really shoving us <laughs> to the wall because in consecutive weeks you've gone espn.com editors and now nick Wagoner of espn.com san francisco fame don't make us apply a rule to just you that disallows espn.com coworkers don't don't push us don't push us too far over the edge Henderson. Okay. Calm down with all the ESPN.com colleagues. Where's okay? the bell?
11: Where's the bell? I've, rig- it?
0: I've done it twice. Okay. You just missed it. All right. Joe fan who was doing work. Taco time presents. What do you think?
11: Oh man. I've got some, some options in the NFL. I've got some options Don't you uh, with the Washington Huskies. I already took uh, Michael Penix jr. So may as oh. well take Jalen Polk six catches a buck. 53, three, oh touchdowns against Michigan state. Nice. Uh, as you dub, are they back, Mitch? Are they back? I don't know. Cause that, what does that mean? looked like they were back. They're certainly fun to watch again. Why don't you define back uh, to any semblance of relevance?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. That's
11: me. That's important because that hasn't been the case for several years now. I I can't remember a a more fun, enjoyable half of football than that first half against Michigan state for quite some time. Also wanna give a shout out to Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. You get
0: one. You get one, dude. Oh, <laughs> well, you, get, you, one. you get one. Okay, you get one. It's my turn you know you know, now. What about if you, the wanna, quarterback, if you though, want Joe? if you wanna cir- if you wanna circle back and give like honorable mentions, let everybody else go once first before you start okay. just like grabbing guys off the table. I know <laughs> it's your birthday, but let us all it's like it's like you're going back for seconds at Thanksgiving before any of us. Some of us go first.
11: For the record, you you did just tell Brady that the beautiful thing about who's doing work is that there are no rules. There's
0: common decency.
11: Okay, you go ahead.
0: Let me have some chicken before you go get grabbed seconds. Were you going to take Mike McDaniel? No, I'm going to take the only guy that really did some work with all due respect to all your guys' ideas, Michael Penix and ESPN.com stuff. Come on. I grew up 90 minutes from the Orange Bowl in Miami. And since a quarterback who wore number 13 left, we've had nothing, nothing to cheer for for all of these years. The guy has had everybody on his back since the moment he was drafted out of Alabama. Everybody's been telling me, oh, Tua can't do this, Tua can't do that. He's no good. 470 yards Six touchdowns, rallying his team from three scores down, 21 down in the fourth quarter. You know who was doing work? Tua. Mike Daniel. Tua. Oh, Tua Tua was doing work <laughs> for the 2 0 Miami Dolphins. Tua was doing. Work. All right, now you want to go Mike McDaniel? Go ahead. You want to go all these other guys? Go ahead. It's your birthday. I, I feel like I was miserable. Go ahead. You're 33 years old. You celebrated your your uh, Jamal Adams birthday, your Tony Dorsett birthday. Go ahead. Do you even remember Tony Dorsett or are too young to remember Tony Dorsett?
11: Oh, I watched every – got a poster on the wall growing up. Really? Off of Washington. No. No, I didn't. No, you don't. Do you,
0: know the, <laughs> do you know how Tony Dorsett and the Seattle Seahawks are connected? Do you know, Brady, how Tony Dorsett – Something and the to do Seahawks- with the draft, right? He told the Seahawks, not – he told the Nordstroms. Yeah. Don't, they, they don't they draft me. I'm not coming. He literally told the Nordstroms, "Don't draft me, I ain't coming to Seattle. I don't even know where Seattle is. I'm not playing in Seattle." And that's how he ended up at Dallas Cowboy. Okay, you want to see, you want to talk about Mike McDaniel? Go ahead.
11: I'm just happy for Mike McDaniel. He's a guy I know and, and met and got to know a little bit when I was with the Niners. But he's, he doesn't shower. I here. I hear he
0: doesn't shower. That's the new rumor about Mike McDaniel that he would go he would go from Saturday on game days in San Francisco, go to the games, sweat at the games. And it would be Wednesday the next week before he would shower. And your boy Kyle Shanahan actually confirmed the report on San Francisco <laughs> radio this week that the dude didn't. I got we need we need our Dolphins head coaches to be showering every once in a while.
11: He's an interesting cat. I'll tell you that like you're, you're around him and he's <laughs> he's, he's very much a, a beautiful mind. And he just he's just got more that he can figure out in his head, then Brady can figure out the scoring system <laughs> and probabilities of a Brandon McManus field goal attempt. Uh, He's well beyond our capabilities. Uh, I, just I deserve, deserve that one. Him and Robert Sala both got wins on uh, on Sunday and two guys I I really respect and, and got to know when I was in the Bay Area. and It's a good good week to be a former Niners coordinator. Are we You want
0: to go back over the 30% chance of the... The Broncos winning. Yeah, win, no, Brady. I
10: meant to follow up on that, but then I just was like, I'm just going to leave well enough alone. Okay. these guys, I felt like I made a great point, and so you, I'm just going to stand on it. You the, did. Your point you was did. awesome.
2: You Brady. did.
0: We do two shows a week, one for the patrons and one on this show. So we'll be back together again, and we'll be releasing our picks for the Falcons and Seahawks, plus a little bit of a preview, and we'll talk about the world's problems on our next Seahawks note table, which will be released for the patrons on Friday. Friday morning Joe fan the newly minted 33 year old from Las Vegas Nevada thank you Joe Thank you Mitch and my guy Brady Henderson from a hotel room somewhere in San Jose do you know the way to San Jose Brady Henderson thank you Brady Thank you Mitch and happy birthday Joe hey look who's back look who's back Jordan flowers cross country mortgage you hear what I did there cross country mortgage in Kirkland. Weathering the interest rate storm to continually provide his clients cost cutting opportunities. How are you, Jay Flo?
2: Doing great. We're back in the swing of things with school starting, kids' activities. It's a fun time.
0: What's new over there? What are you working on these days?
2: You know, we are staying incredibly busy, really, right now. It's just educational information for agents and buyers. We're helping agents with their listings, trying to help them see win-win scenarios for their sellers and buyers, trying to keep sales prices up for those sellers to get all the equity they can in the home, but also help buyers see the monthly payment that they kind. had slated in their head. So, yeah. putting together different payment options and programs for them there, and then holding a lot of home buyer seminars, home buyer classes. So, if anybody listening is interested in just coming to an informational home buying seminar and what's available to you and what to be looking for when buying a home, then email me and we'll get you on the next slated home buying class.
0: Okay, I'll ask you for your email at the end. Because borrowing money has become hopefully temporarily expensive we've seen a little slowdown in home values, but not as much as you would think. Why do you think that is, Jordan?
2: Yeah, we've not seen much of a dip here. And you might read in the newspapers that a huge crash is coming. We don't really see that happening and playing out in this market. I think we have a very strong economy in general in this Seattle market. We've always been protected, even in the worst times. The last time we went through this in 08, 09, but really prices have leveled out. We're not depreciating, we're just not appreciating as quickly. So I would say still, it's a great time to list. You might not be getting a million dollars over lists like we were at the beginning of the year, but we're still gaining value. Yeah. And overall in King County, it's maybe two, 3% right now, but pure Snohomish, we're still looking great.
0: You and your team, of course, kind of famously made the career shift from the former company, let's call it, to cross country. What does that change mean to your clients, Jordan?
2: Yeah, the, the switch was really an opportunity for us to have more programs and products available to a larger audience base that we work with, self-employed borrowers, unique income scenario borrowers, investment property buyers, and just a more direct line to underwriting for us to make more make sense decisions on the clients that we have, as well as a much larger product offering for jumbo buyers. Okay. So opened up the product mix for us.
0: If you want to take a class or you want to learn a little bit more about home buying, what's the, uh, you always give us your phone number. What's the email for Jordan Flowers?
2: Yeah. My email is Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, period, Flowers, F-L-O-W-E-R-S, at myccmortgage.com.
0: Jordan.Flowers at myccmortgage.com. We love Jordan Flowers. We love Cross Country Mortgage. A great partner of Mitch Unfiltered.
3: Unfiltered.
0: Other Stuff segment, episode 207. Should I start with Coach Joe? Please. Or do you want to start? No,
1: I I want you to, because I saw it and I thought, well, Mitch is going to be all over it, so I'm just going to let you explain this to me.
0: Why do you think I'm going to get in trouble? I'm just going to read the story, as it appears in the Seattle Times, so people can decipher what they want from it. Do you think everybody by now in our audience knows Coach Joe Kennedy, Bremerton a bunch of years ago, praying on the field, yep. kneeling at midfield, apparently bringing uh, players and fans from both sides together. He thinks he was fired. The Bremerton school district says he wasn't fired. He didn't apply for his job the next the next year. <laughs> he says here. he was fired. He went all the way to the Supreme Court to force them to reinstate him. And the Supreme Court did. Yeah. Then he came on our show and he said, look, uh, he came on with his lawyer a couple of shows ago and Mm -hmm. he said, Mitch, listen, all I want is my job back. All I want to do is what I love, which is coach those kids in high school. I didn't ask for anything else. I didn't ask for money. I didn't ask for compensation. I just asked for the opportunity to resume my role as an assistant coach. He was in, remember, he was in Florida he was, co- he was on our show from Florida with some family. He said, just as soon as they reinstate me, oh, I'm, I'll be, there. I'm on the next oh, plane. Next plane. I can't wait. Yes. that's uh, And that's not me giving opinion. That's what he said on the show. You can go back. Right. I, I don't know what episode it was. You can go back and listen to the interview with Coach Joe and me several episodes ago. Well, there's a there's an update to that story that everybody wanted me to refresh. Yep. And I'll just read to you Danny Westneat of the Seattle Times.
1: Oh, my favorite Danny to ever work at the Seattle Times. <laughs> go ahead. Oh. <laughs> go ahead well Danny O'Neill's my second that's pretty cool
0: hot shot don't be those parents <laughs> as soon as Too the late. school district says as soon as the school this is Danny Westneat as soon as the school district says hey come back I'm their first flight he said so the school district has been flummoxed this is what the new report is about what's happened since they complied by offering to reinstatement they say and now the football season is in full swing but Kennedy is nowhere near the sidelines. He's had the paperwork for his reinstallment since August 8th, and we haven't gotten so much as a phone call in return, Mm. says Karen Bevers, spokesperson for Bremerton schools. Instead, as the Bremerton Knights were preparing uh, for the season opener in August, Kennedy was in Alaska meeting with former Vice President Mike Pence and evangelist Franklin Graham on the eve of the first game, Kennedy was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, being presented with an engraved 22 caliber rifle at an American Legion convention. The weekend of the second game, which the Knights also won, Kennedy appeared with former President Donald Trump at the Trump National Golf Club in New Jersey. Coming up this month, Kennedy is scheduled to give a talk as part of a lectureship, a lectureship series at a university in Arkansas. And on his website, it says, place a PR slash publicity request invites his personal website, where he's known as Coach Joe. So, the update to the story is after the Supreme Court ruled in his favor and he said, all I want to be is reinstated, mm-hmm. Bremerton reached out with his reinstatement papers and he has ignored them. He has not answered them. He's not filled them in. He's not called. He's not responded. And instead he's gone out and done some other things with his life. Now you judge what that means. I, I'm not going to take a side. I'm just going to tell you that's, it doesn't look good for him. I don't think this looks good for him. After he went out of his way to say, all I want to do is coach those kids. That's what it sounded like. He, I'm, I'm just a football coach at heart. That's what I want to do. It didn't sound like that. That's what he said. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, he said it to me, said it to the Seattle Times, said it to anybody who listens. Yeah. All I want to do is coach those kids and be allowed to be around those kids again right. in Bremerton, and I'll be on the first plane back. They have not heard from him. So to lead off other stuff, I'm just telling you, this is in the Seattle Times. He's been offered reinstatement, and he's ignored the reach out from the Bremerton schools. So is,
4: are,
1: are people, maybe you don't know the answer. Are people suggesting that this whole time this yes. was calculated or, um, or do we think maybe he found this other cool life where he gets a lot of money to appear places good and question. a little more fun than football? Cause I'm not sure. I, I could see it. I, that would be pretty impressive if he had it calculated from day I one. I think
0: what people are complaining about is it seems very, it seems, it seems disingenuous his his motives were disingenuous. Okay. That he's really more about publicity and having the cameras shined on him. Okay, that's what people are suggesting. The word and that, that was, this and that this proves it, because now he's has an opportunity to coach again, but he'd rather go on these trips and yeah. be be in the limelight, the spotlight. And now it's not so important that he be around the kids anymore. Now it's not about the kids and coaching so much anymore. It's about making money and being a little yeah, more famous. Which and, maybe you'd say. You and I would do the same thing. Right. If we were embroiled in this controversy and we got our reinstatement, but in the meantime, we were offered all of these golden opportunities to make money. I mean, maybe yeah. this is the live tour all over again. Right. We were given opportunities either to make money or to be recognized or be in the limelight. Fly around the country maybe, for free. Maybe mm-hmm. you and I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. why I'm not I'm not offering really an opinion. I'm just saying this is what he's chosen to do instead of go after the reinstatement, mm. which he had said all along was all he cared about.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, I had a lot of people use the word charlatan in regards to yeah, him. I don't know what that
0: means. You what know, is a charlatan? It's
1: somebody who's into trickery and, you okay. know, s- snake oil salesman type. Okay. I, I don't know that I agree necessarily with, the, with don't charlatan. Know. Don't know. I think maybe he just got kind of caught up in this. He never envisioned a life where people are going to be flying him anywhere and presidents are going to want to meet him and vice, ex-vice, you know, whatever. I think he just got caught up and he's probably enjoying it. Maybe, maybe he will coach again at some point if this cools down. I don't know. That doesn't sound as bad as what people were telling me. Like, you never should have had the charlatan on. The fact that he had his lawyer on as a red flag. you know, all these horrible things. And it's not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be, so. That's my opinion. All right, on to the National (laughs) Toy Hall of Fame. Does it feel like I do this every three weeks? Yes, yes, it does. It doesn't feel like every year, does it? Yes, yes. I don't know, for some reason. Somebody in the audience is saying, (laughs) oh, here he goes with the toys again. I think it's interesting, the Toy Hall of Fame. It beat out the Cougs. No, go ahead. The Hall of Fame. They said three of the twelve finalists will be inducted. Some of the toys are briar horses. Now you didn't have a sister, so you probably can't picture briar horses. I no. can totally picture them. No. they were huge for a minute. No, I don't know if like plastic are. horses that were they looked really realistic, but they didn't move or anything. They just and, kind of sat And girls
0: there. liked them, and boys didn't. I, wh- whoever,
1: whoever was into horses, I had a sister who was into them. I don't know okay. if your brothers were or not. No, light bright. No you can, light bright. You can uh, relate to.
0: Yeah light bright i think I remember the commercial. oh
1: sure yeah. Yeah. yeah masters of the universe little little bit past no your idea. time that's no he-man idea. and skeletor and all no, that no nerf toys now oh, that of course yeah i mean think about the what nerf has done for the toy industry amazing like in, in gym you chuck them at each other you know play that game yeah. uh pinata who knew pinata was just a thing just i didn't know that it was a toy gener- generic pinata pound yeah. puppy spirograph and the spinning top are they the finalists or are they
0: going in the Hall of Fame?
1: Some of the finalists, uh, they will. we will know November 10th. I'll be sure to update you so you can set your clock. Some
0: college football stuff. Congrats to the Cougs who beat uh, Colorado State 38-7. to Awesome. So the Cougs keep rolling. Yep. The Huskies keep rolling. Could be fun. Oregon State keeps rolling. USA, I really feel terrible for Jake Hayner. Yeah, watch that on the way home from the game. Not oh, good. I know. Oh, God. Brutal. I was sitting here in this chair watching it as it happened, and it just did not look good. Yeah. As he's being wheeled out, he says, I heard something pop. You yeah. can see him say that. And you feel badly because his you know, his career started here, and it almost ended here. Yep. He was looking to transfer back with DeBoer here. It didn't happen for one reason or another. And then a, a catastrophic injury that probably will end his college career. Who knows? Maybe end his football career on the uh, on the field against USC and a loss of the Trojans. Yeah. So Sorry for that. Yep. Yeah.
1: You see the boys at Autzen? What, yeah. Did so you see what, what they were chanting in the crowd?
0: Yeah, something, some religious thing at the uh, at the BYU. They had to come out and apologize on Sunday. Didn't they do that?
1: I yeah. think they do apologized. Do you know what they I don't know what they were chanting. Oh, there's I don't video I of it. To oh, there is? Yeah, there's video if you'd like to hear it's it. It's not nice. It's not nice at all.
0: It's a, it's out of bounds. You don't have any question about that.
1: Correct. Okay. Yes. It, it was uh, F the Mormons.
0: Oh, is that what they were saying? Except
1: for they were saying the word. Yeah. Dun, dun, Mormons. I mean, they're playing BYU. Was it a
0: big, a big? Was it two, three guys? It felt like or maybe was it a section, like a
1: like more of a small ah, section. That's too bad. It is too bad. That's really. And somebody bad. had a point on Twitter. I totally agree with them. If if that would have been any other group besides the besides the Mormon religion, how outraged would people be? If it were a race, if it were you know uh, Muslims, or if it was any other group, th- those kids would be expelled, right? But for yeah, some why, reason, why? I didn't, I don't.
0: Why but is I, is, it a, is there a soft response to it this. it feels
1: like there was an apology that, that 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 was it the kids aren't you know and oh, again should... I'm, I'm not for canceling but you'd think people would be more
0: outraged if it was any other kind of group i uh, see i would think that they are outraged they're not i, I don't know what the reaction it didn't feel was. like there was a huge at least wow. while
1: we record wow. i haven't seen a huge punishment for any of the kids that's wow.
0: that's no good that is no good really i mean good. come really on everybody bad. grow right. up a little bit thank you ducks hey i want to give you a final score of a college football game it's it's in the c- category called uh, boy, we're getting old, department.
1: Okay. As I saw Mark Bruner's kid making tackles for yes, the Huskies, I
0: felt very old Okay. Saturday. Well, if Mark Bruner's kid makes you feel old, <laughs> this will make you feel older. Okay. Because I don't feel like Mark Bruner has played in a lot of years in the National Football League.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's the point. He hasn't played in a, in a long time. Mark Bruner hasn't. Right. He was a Husky in 91. I watched him play. Now I'm oh, watching a okay. stupid
0: kid play. Oh, I see what you Yeah, you're saying. that makes me feel old. Okay. Well, in the Rutgers-Temple game, Yeah. That Rutgers won 16 to 14. The Temple Owls lost by two, despite the performance of their true freshman first game starter, E.J. Warner, who went 19 of 32 for 215 yards and a touchdown. He's the six foot 190 pound true freshman out of Phoenix, Arizona, and the son of a guy named Kurt Warner.
1: Oh man, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I'm like, really? I know already. Didn't Kurt Warner win a Super Bowl like three years ago? (laughs) Am I 100?
0: I know, God. I know I act like I'm 100, but am I 100? No wonder I'm getting stressed when they flip the white machine around. No
1: kidding, man.
0: God. Congratulations are in order, Hot Shot. Okay. And the other stuff segment. How'd you feel about Sean Alexander? You were a... A rough and tumble number 43 right. running back for Issaquah High School. That's right. Issaquah High School. And,
1: and then the Snohomish County Congratu- Vikings. And the yes. Snohomish
0: County Vikings. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations to Sean Alexander. He's going into the Ring of Honor later in the year. Uh, he deserves it to me. Of course he does. But there's a lot of fans that can't stand him. I don't like him. Really? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. It's fun not to like Sean Alexander. Is that what it is? No, no. I don't. I, look, I may not like him, but if you said to me, should we put Sean Alexander in the Seattle Seahawks? Ring of Honor, the answer is an unequivocal yes. Yeah. Yes, he absolutely deserves it. In fact, he's probably going to be a year when it's all said and done, a year or two stats away from being in the NFL Hall of Fame. I don't think he'll make the NFL Hall of Fame. This is a former MVP, MVP. a guy who broke the record for touchdowns scored, I think, by a running back in a season. I mean, he did a lot of great things. He helped them to a Super Bowl. They had team success. He helped Mike Holmgren's era, Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah, Matt Hasselbeck deserves to be up there. Sean Alexander deserves to be up there. I'm not with Slickhawk, who on the show this past week on the patron show, started telling me, Tatupu needs to be up there, Daryl Jackson needs to be up there. I mean, I started mentioning guys I never even heard of. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> the guy that serves him lunch down at the V-Mac, no. he's awesome. Of course, Sean Allen. But if you ask me if I yeah. was a Sean, he was the most polarizing figure crazy. of anybody we talked about on sports radio during my time yeah. at KJR. People either loved him or didn't like him and no one was... No one was apathetic about it. Let's put it that I, I
1: loved all these 175-pound men who never put on a helmet explaining to me that he runs out of bounds. He's soft. He's a little soft. He, he, he doesn't, want, doesn't want contact. Okay, you're the expert. You're the expert. Okay, maybe he wanted to prolong his career if, in fact... He did Franco run out of Harris bounds. Franco Harris ran out of
0: bounds. Okay, but For Sean, people who remember Franco Harris. But I remember Sean Alexander, first and goal at the three. Did you feel like he was going to score? Okay. Did he, did, he, did he stick his head down there if and I'm hit to, to the def- line? If you want me to defend the other people, I will say that, yes, inside the five-yard line, he didn't go out of bounds. There weren't
1: any better than
0: him. But outside of the five-yard line, he did go out of bounds. Okay. Uh, outside of the five-yard line, the entire field, he essentially refused to block— You couldn't put him on the field in third downs because he didn't want to block, and he didn't even... This didn't make sense. I would think that all running backs would like to catch the He didn't want to go out in the pass patterns and catch the ball. He had no interest in any of that. Then there's the thing where... At the end of the season one year, he was one yard short of some record. Yeah, there was some weirdness, And he wasn't says there. that he said, after they win the game, because Matt Hasselbeck goes in with a yeah. quarterback sneak, he says That's in the right. locker room that Mike Holmgren stabbed me in the back. <laughs> That's right. He probably had a bonus. That. He probably missed out it was on a that. bonus there for was one the, yard. You know, there was the, the running out at halftime after he had the kid. You remember after he had the kid, he kind of came late to the game and he ran out. He had that big smile. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just a miserable people. Maybe the miserable people. Yeah. He always smiled. Sweet home Alabama played. After he scored, love that. I'll go back to something that I've said a million times. I've even said it to you. Okay. After the Seattle Seahawks would lose a very gut-wrenching game in those in those years, mm-hmm. I hated the cutaway on the TV literally eight seconds after they lost a gut-wrenching game of him smiling yeah. and carrying on with the other team. Yeah. Big smile, the yeah, gap teeth, yeah. the you know, the just joking around He he was over it. I mean, he was over it before the gun sounded. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the the flip side to that was like if you saw Matt Hasselbeck, you know the co- quarterbacks have to go out and shake the other quarterback's hand. Yeah. You'd get the, the the cutaway of him going out, and you could see he was like, get me off the field. Yeah. Get me off the field. I don't want to shake any of these people's hands. He was pissed off like the way we were feeling. He was pissed off. He was, he, 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 did he, he the, represented us. And Sean, the cutaway. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're,
10: they're
1: hitting a pinata that's yeah, hanging yeah. from the goal line. Yeah, they're <laughs> changing
0: jerseys. He's shaking hands. Yeah, yeah. Patting people on the ass. Hasselbeck you know, used to do people. the bare minimum
1: to not be called an asshole. Correct. <laughs> the very Correct. bare minimum. But you could see
0: in his face, he was like, tor- yeah, it was a warrior. Torment. He was tormented yeah. by it. Of course, you should be, th- but not Sean. Yeah. Sean was thrilled to be I, there. Yeah,
1: I get it. I just, I, I don't know. When they had the ball on the five or in the four or the three, I just knew they were scoring and he did it almost every time. I love Sean Alexander. All right. A glove worn by Jackie Robinson during the 1955 yes. and 1956 season yeah. just hit the auction block and it could sell for $750,000. His iconic number 42, which as you know, was retired by all teams in 97 is actually written on the glove in black marker, which is, I think, pretty How cool. How much are they going to get? They're, they're, they're saying 750000 is what they think.
0: That's it. Seven hundred fifty dollars is a lot of money for a my club. My guest last week on episode 206 got $12.6 million for a baseball card. He told you the whole story.
1: On he did. Show. I listened, Yes. But, I mean, these things always go higher. They're they're planning on 750, dollars yeah. but, like, a Michael Jordan jersey, I have this too, just sold for $10 million. This guy called me from looking over the ocean. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? He's got $12 million. Why wouldn't you go to the water? But, by the way, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. A longtime ticket holder of the Dodgers who was given the glove as a token of appreciation when the yeah. team moved yeah. from New York City to Los Angeles is the one who's selling
0: it, hmm. or that person's family. Auction ends October 1st, so hmm. good luck, everybody. Tyler Lockett claims that Russell Wilson used the same signals on Monday night against the Seahawks that he used when he was playing for the Seahawks. Now, this would officially make Russell Wilson and the offensive coaching staff at the Denver Broncos the most stupid people on the face of the earth. Yep. So I don't know that I can believe this. I don't know that I can believe this, but according to Tyler Lockett, he was using the exact same signals, and Lockett was telling our DBs, hey, when he does this, it's going to be this, and when he does this, it's going to be this. How could he not think to change those? That's Come incredible on. if that's, that's true. It, That can't be true.
1: Can it be true? Is Lockett going to lie about that? That's a pretty serious allegation. Why it's got to be true.
0: But well, why would Russell Wilson I- not change the signals when he – oops, I forgot. They know. Ex- they know. Ex- ex- know. God, he's, not prepa- he's not preparing. The separations in the preparation.
1: I thought, but he's uh, yeah. not. The preparation's not there anymore. Not, he's getting lazy. He- Do you see what happened in the Bronco game? By the way, they were they were lined up. To, <laughs> they were lined up to kick a 54-yard field goal. Okay, it was a close game too. It was like yeah. six three for a while. Yeah, they got a five-yard penalty. Yeah, so now it's a 59-yard field goal. Yeah, they love that, right? They're yeah. prepared to kick 64.
0: No, they're going to take another five-yard penalty on purpose to yeah, go back that's to 64. Exactly. He punts. 59-yard
1: <laughs> field different goal. Different situation. Too rich for my blood. Too different, long for different my... Different situation. Fine, but... Different it, situation. It, but it, really, in mile high, 59-yard field Yeah, goals, yeah but, but still, at sea level, you're going 64. You don't want to give
0: them good field position. I, I, Did the Broncos win or
1: lose? They ended up winning, yes. Okay. Thanks to Russell Wilson. Which is not good
0: for no. us. I know. That's, we but, want them to lose. That's all I have to root for is for them to lose now to get that pick. Can I say a few words that nobody really cares about about... that no one really cares about about... Okay. Uh, I don't want to say about twice in a row, but um, Roger Federer announces retirement from the world of tennis. I know that this is not going to reach any radio shows. I mean, I don't know. But he's one of the greatest ever, right? I love you. you, you, Some people ask me like do you like anybody? Do you love anybody? (laughs) Do you like anything? Let me tell you. Here's a perfect example of somebody I love. Roger Federer. It's impossible not to love Roger Federer. It's good to hear. Both as a tennis player, and I used to play tennis when I was a kid competitively a little bit. I haven't played in years, but I kind of follow the world of tennis. I don't know if there was ever. I, he's not the greatest. He'll, he won't go down as the greatest of all time because these other guys are going have gone by him. Nadal have gone by him. Djokovic have gone by. I don't know. Whatever. He's one of the top five or three, okay. right? But no one ever played more elegantly, and that's the only word I can come mm. up with. The way he ran the court, just the style in which he played. He never looked like he was hitting it hard, mm. even though he was. He, right. just, he had an unbelievable—I'm sorry for lack of, for lack of vocabulary. Yeah. He had such an elegance to his game for all those years. And on top of that, at every turn, he was even better off the court. Oh, Oh helps. my yeah. God. The guy is the nicest guy, ah. the most down-to-earth superstar athlete you'd ever seen. It's just impossible not to love Roger Federer. He played in 1,500. Here are the final numbers. 1,526 matches. 1,526 matches. He won 1,251 of them. Jeez. He was the number one player in the world for 310 consecutive weeks. Wow. How many weeks in a year? Right around 50, 52? 310 <laughs> yeah. consecutive We're weeks. At six just, years. Okay. <laughs> 103 titles, 20 grand slam victories. Incredible. And a true gentleman on the, on the court, off the court, in win in, in victory and defeat. Mm-hmm. I just had to bring him up. He's just a he, I mean, he's he's exactly what you would want your kid to be. When, I mean, you wouldn't want your kid to be Roger Federer. Maybe you wouldn't mind, but I want my kids yeah, to Yeah, I could right stay
1: right home right. and not watch the matches. That would be yeah. awesome. Um, but when you say elegant, did, did he kind of make tennis look easy out there a little bit? Is
0: that is that... He just had i I'm just curious. Just a a, a smoothness, okay. a rhythm. Mm. You know, a lot of these guys, they, I mean, they all hit the ball hard now. I mean, yeah. it's incredible how much harder they hit it now than 15 years ago or 25 years ago when McEnroe... McEnroe never hit it hard. He'd use spin. Jimmy Connors never really hit it hard. Oh. Bjorn Borg never hit it hard. These guys, every one of them, hit it 500 miles an hour. Right. But most of them, they're like, ah,
1: you uh, know, yeah, yeah, and working you know, hard. <laughs>
0: he just smooth. He just was like a ballet performer, mm. and he hit it just as hard as everybody else. But you didn't see it. I mean, it just he's such. A, he was just beautiful. It's a beautiful athlete. Beautiful athlete. He will so, be missed. He will
1: be missed. Yes. All right. Here we go. Right on cue. Yeah. Some of Hash's family members are duking it's it out.
0: hash Dan. You've been saying Hesh for years. Oh, I, I say Hesh. It's Hesh. Hash,
1: hash. You sure? Yeah.
0: Well, She's some a of her, cousin
1: three times removed. In Bonnie Lake, the same one.
0: Yeah. Family so members
1: shrug. are duking it out in court over the late actress's estate, and it's getting oh, nasty. Oh yeah, I know. I've been following. A Here bit we time. go. Right. I mean, yeah. people like, of course. So quick. Here's the deal. There's she always
0: had, one set of parents. She had
1: two sons <laughs> with two different men. Died without a will, and her yeah. oldest son, twenty year old Homer, wants to run Homer, the estate.
0: Homer Hesh, huh?
1: Well, it's Homer LaFoon, if you must
0: know. Okay.
1: He also wants his younger half-brother, 13-year-old Atlas Hesh Tupper, and himself listed as Anne's sole heirs. That'd be clean and simple, right? Enter James Tupper, Anne's former Men in Trees co-star and Atlas father. Why do we care? Says Anne wanted him to be in charge of her estate, and he has an email to prove it. She emailed him. If I am to die, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. It's an email. It's not an official. Of course,
0: he wrote it to himself. That's
1: exactly right, from a Gmail account.
0: Yes, I'm in charge at gmail.com. you see the PS to that email? I'm not sure why I'm getting all these ads, these Google ads. <laughs> right. <at a laughs> so this,
1: this thing is, is getting so ugly. I'll keep everybody up right. to date. But I'm it's sure just you like will. the body's barely sure cold, right? And we're fighting over right. her money.
0: Ugh, all right, man. I don't have a lot more. I, I said to you a couple of shows ago that I my heart aches for Jennifer Garner. Everybody's making this big... To do over Ben Affleck getting back together with Jennifer Lopez, yeah. his real true love. I mean, how do you feel if you're Jennifer Garner? We talked about this, watching this whole thing where they get divorced and then he goes back to the the earlier girlfriend and then they get married and everybody says they were meant to be with, they should have been with each other all these years. Oh. It doesn't make her. She got she got engaged. She did. She got engaged and I'm feeling good about that. It's a longtime boyfriend, John Miller. I know John. Hell of a nice guy <laughs> She's a lot better off with John than Ben Affleck And I have this other thing before the RIP That I want to share with you yeah. Big news, doctors have revealed Why peeing in the shower for both men and women Is bad for your bladder It is Yeah, I think more for women than men And outline the correct way for women To go to the toilet sitting down gynecologist uh-huh. Dr. Teresa Irwin Okay Took to TikTok to share her musings on the subject, stating that while it will attempt, it will empty the bladder correctly while standing up in the shower, it also trains your brain to release urine every time you hear water running. Quote, you don't want to do it all the time because what happens is... Every time you hear the sound of water, like your, bladder, anyway. your bladder is going to want to go pee. Yeah. This has been going on since I was a kid. People have, been, people have been putting water on. Yeah, um, I go to Soqualmie Falls, I mean, forget it. Because it's Because it's used to hearing the sound of the water in the shower. So whenever you're washing your hands, washing the dishes, your bladder is going to be salivating, so to speak, because wow. it wants to go and pee. So according to Eurogynecologist Dr. Teresa Irwin, yeah, don't do it. I know we're all tempted to do it. Yeah. Don't pee in the shower.
1: I'll try. I can't make any promises, but I'll give it
0: a shot, okay. This, did we talk? I always thought that you were supposed to I always thought that everybody feels like they have to go when they're hearing water run.
1: Yeah. Since you were a kid, yeah. and that was
0: the case. No, I mean, yeah. Like, like, if you, I didn't have to be trained. Let's say you have to. I go, always felt that way. But
1: let's say, let's say you have to go, but then you sat and watched a video of a stream and that trickling noise going for like
0: an hour. It would torture you, right? Let me tell you what's much bigger torture than water. <laughs> okay, having a guy having a cardiac episode on your plane, <laughs> right. Laid out with oxygen, <laughs> he's in the aisle and you're in the window. Yeah, and now you're starting to think about how you're not allowed to be. Oh, forget the water. When you when you feel like you're not allowed to pee, like when you're in a car or oh, something, yeah, it makes you have to pee a lot more. No
1: question. Yeah. Oh yeah, the psychological part of it oh, when someone yeah. tells you you can't. Oh, yeah. like I have to go now, and I feel like I can't. So who knows? Let's if, stop talking about all, it. All, all bets are off. Of what's going to happen right in, in this chair? The situation between Tom Brady and Giselle. You are you following this at no, all? No, no, no. I saw that Tom
0: Brady beat me and beat the boys. But go ahead.
1: It's reportedly so bad that they're they're currently living apart from one another in no. separate houses. So he came back to football, as everyone knows, and it caused a major rift at home. Do we
0: know this for sure?
1: CNN reports Brady and Bunchen, who married in 2009, are having marital issues and living separately.
0: I don't don't like to hear that. I think
1: she was so pissed off when he unretired. That's what it sounds like it
0: it came from, that he's back on the football field. This sounds like the scene in Rocky on the beach where Adrian didn't want him to fight anymore. Remember, Adrian didn't want Rocky to fight anymore. On the beach, yeah. You got nothing to prove. He says, I'm scared. I'm scared for the first time in yeah. my life, Adrian.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's scared, yeah. Remember,
0: maybe it wasn't on the beach. but but No, it was on the beach. Well, there yeah. was a scene on the beach, but this just sounds like the whole thing yeah. where Adrian was was pleading with him to quit, and so he quit for Adrian, but realized he wasn't happy, Yeah. and he had to go back. Yeah. And Adrian, I, I don't know if she moved out like Giselle, but she she ultimately... I mean, she didn't want him to fight Apollo Creed. Remember, she she went into a coma for the second fight. Oh, that's right. But then I think she she says, asked him not to fight the second fight against Apollo Creed. Yeah, and he was going to do it anyway, and then he wasn't going to do it, and then she got hit, and she ended up in a no with the in birth in birth she right. ended up in a coma, and then she woke from the coma and she said, "Come here,
1: yeah, come here, win, win." Just oh, there. I cry every time at that. And, oh, it's and,
0: so and, great. And 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 Mickey dun, dun, dun. yells. What are we waiting for? <laughs> he sure does. And I think the ear. I think the ear. The earpiece popped out. <laughs> the old hearing aid <laughs> popped out. The little white one. Oh, out. Mickey, what are we
1: waiting for? <laughs> Mickey wants that that next check from a heavyweight fight. Let's go. She <laughs> let's,
0: didn't want him let's to go fight. go some money. But sometimes a, a a guy or gal has to do what they do. Yeah, I mean. And and Tom needed to
1: play. He did. I mean, you remember when he left training camp for 11 days. Do you remember that story? And he said it was for personal issues.
0: Yeah, I thought he was going to be like the singer in the mass. In the mass, yeah, th- that was one of the rumors.
1: That <laughs> yeah, eleven days. So a few weeks back, she gave an interview to Elle where she admitted to having concerns about him coming back. I've definitely had those conversations with him over and over again. Ultimately, I feel everybody has to make a decision that works for them. But she appears to be uh, none too pleased with that's his decision. Too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. Hopefully, she'll
0: get over it and she'll realize that he just had to do what he had to do.
1: Yes, I, I think she'll
0: support that and they'll get on with their lives. I think
1: that's probably what will happen. Yes all right that's all i got you got an rip i
0: got one okay john stearns remember him Uh, four-time all-star catcher of the mets back in like the 70s
1: i don't remember him
0: 70s 80s uh he died at 71 of cancer he was a, a fierce competitor a real likable teammate teammates loved him because he was ready to fight for you oh really he he was known i think there was one episode where somebody got in a Heated argument. He came running out of the dugout and decked the decked the pitcher. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, fans loved the Mets were terrible during the days of John Stearns. Okay. But but the fans loved him. Teammates loved him. He was like the fierce guy. So he he missed the Miracle Mets and he missed the '86 Mets. He was right in the middle of that. Yeah, he wouldn't have been on the Miracle That match, was 69? he definitely and... wasn't on the 86 Oh, man, so because, he's in the worst time. Because Gary Carter was the catcher. Yeah, he
1: was. So, yeah. Yeah, so he, so he... must
0: have been right in between. Uh, yeah. He
1: gave his, he gave Four-time his heart. Four-time all-star
0: John Stern's gone at the age of 71. Gave
1: That's his like, heart to a bunch of crappy teams. God, we've gone long. This episode oh, we is have too long. Now. Headlines. A Utah company came together at a sports field to attempt the Guinness World Record for the world's largest blanket fort. Oh, really? Sure, it sounds lame, but you try living in a state where booze and caffeine are frowned upon. He'd be making some forts. <laughs> a Kansas man who owns over uh, eleven 1, hundred pieces of Kansas City Chiefs' memorabilia earned a Guinness World Record for the size of his collection. For now, he's still trying to get his hands on some something elusive that Room has never seen before. A date. <laughs> Two people at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil won the Biology Ig Nobel for studying constipated scorpions and the effects it may have on their sex Constipated life.
0: Constipated scorpion.
1: I know the guys in the band are old, but who knew they changed their name?
0: Um, I get it, I I'm, get I'm, it.
1: Thank you, I'm glad you knew who they are. A picture of Pat I Sajak with Marjorie Taylor Greene has gone viral oh. with some vowing to boycott his show. The good news is Marjorie now knows the difference between a consonant and a vowel. See, it's not all bad news. Chip Wilson, founder of Lululemon and his wife Summer are pledging 75 million dollars to help save the planet. Yes, he will be forever known as a hero as he continues to charge my wife 150 bucks for stupid leggings. And finally, a semi-trailer hauling sex toys and lubricant overturned on a Oklahoma highway, spilling its load all over the place. Don't be dirty. Not not sure why this get bad ads. Not sure why this is a story aren't oklahoma highways and byways always full of dildos it's just a sonic shot that i had to take i'm sorry there was some there's a million jokes you could have gone with with that one but i wanted to cater to the sonic fans for oklahoma
0: all right yeah do we go long really i don't know right. maybe a little it longer just felt long. long with me <laughs> oh dear let me know how it works out with that that set of parents <laughs> Uh, do what now?
1: <laughs> it's just, I just can't believe what I'm reading. Like, every day there's at least one or two, like, five paragraph emails. Wow. The season's over. I didn't over. know you felt like this.
0: The and then, season's over. I Let know, everybody I'm go back to, to their on. corners. Go back to your corners. Dude, I've been crying in my the, soup for the, a month about how it ended. The end of the bell. The bell to end the round. End, oh. it, it's over. The text it's threads. over. It's, uh,
1: the, the people ignoring each other. The emails. Okay, are we in
0: agreement that I'm not writing the, uh, the complainers about the adult material ads on the Run My Pool site that they probably heard this because they were waiting for the the only way they can get the password. They obviously play the game, yeah. so that's thats when I did it. I know you want me
1: to tell you you're off the hook. That's what you're looking but for. But you want
0: me to write to each one.
1: I just want to make sure they understand that they know that Mitch Unfiltered, we are not dirty on this show. We don't do that kind of stuff.
0: Well, it's more Bill Sanders and Run My Pool site. that kind of him
1: yeah, in mean, cahoots and affiliation with them. I mean, you know, we, we wouldn't put up with that. Mm. well yeah they can just listen to the show
0: forget it you're off by the way I I thought you were going to ask but you never did so I'll just give you the answer the ads that I get on my run run my pools for toys you know games yeah (laughs) I'm sure soda pop right (laughs) and uh, apple pies right (laughs) episode 207 in the books